0: Hello everybody. Welcome to the Drowning Fish podcast. I have a uh, great friend of mine, childhood friend actually. Uh his name's Jesse. Jesse, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, of course. I'm Jesse. I'm a great childhood friend of
0: Eric's. Nice. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. So, um before this podcast, we were just watching um Joe Biden who was 23 minutes late to his own uh speech given the small amount of information we grabbed from that what was your opinion on that small that small speech we watched
1: well my opinion was that i kept forgetting to listen <laughs> i was sitting there and i was watching him and his his words were reaching my ears but it'd be a solid 10 seconds where I realized that I had no idea what he was saying. And I'm not ashamed to admit that because the man is so boring. Every time he opens his mouth, I feel like the only appropriate response is to tune him entirely out. And I was trying hard to listen because, you know, it seems serious. It seems really serious. At least they want us to think it's serious. But I just can't take it seriously. I mean, the things that are going on Inside are so much more frightening to me than things that are going on outside. If we go to war again, it's not going to concern me near as much as the internal war that we have going on and have had going on for a few years now.
0: As far as internal war, what are, like, what are the, if you can narrow it down, I know there's more than three, but if you can narrow it down to maybe three um, topics... That have been an issue in the United States, what were you? What would you your pick be?
1: I feel like that's awfully spicy, and now we're gonna be getting into the the spicy meats of this cast uh awfully quickly.
0: So what are the three topics?
1: the top three top three I'd have to think about that. I mean there's definitely you know. It seems like since Biden's presidency, the, you know, the BLM and Antifa riots have actually calmed down, but it's still a serious issue. Um, It's like these people are so turned around and they swear that all the things they're doing and all the practices they're implementing that are just dragging the whole country down, they feel like they need to double down harder and harder every time it doesn't work. And that's awfully concerning because, you know, every time they double down, they make enemies further with the people that, you know, aren't buying into this stuff that they're buying into. And it's just going to keep getting worse in the sense of political relations between civilians.
0: Right, I think that I think that certain organizations, right, have been created by political figures um, and political parties to kind of um, make the American public kind of separate themselves. Definitely. Um, And this isn't like the first time it's happened. I mean, we can trace back to um, the 70s and the 80s, especially in Los Angeles when uh, the police, you know, um... Obviously, they used to, and they still do, it still happens, but it was way worse back in the 80s when police used to, like police brutality was, I would say, more of an issue than it is today um, just because no one was holding them accountable and there wasn't as much surveillance as there is today. Um, But there has been multiple accusations that, the Government themselves have uh paid people to go out there and create violence so that the police could go out there I buy it and you know enforce basically law and uh i mean i've I've kind of said this in the past like i I kind of made a kind of like a like a comparison right kind of like newspapers today, you know, newspapers are dying. No one's watching the well, no one with a with in their right mind is watching the news. No one is really watching CNN. Old people. Or, yeah, basically old people. People that buy into the the agenda of the media and they think that the media is right no matter what.
1: Well, first of all, people that watch the news can't be trusted because they're still paying for TV in <laughs> yes. 2022. Yeah, they're paying for cable they're paying for satellite it's no wonder that they're falling for such things if they could you know throw their wallets at the the media companies just like i mean i don't even know the rates for cable and satellite but i'm sure it's absurd
0: yeah it's uh it's pretty bad man because i know that um I know a couple people that do have, like, DirecTV, and I'm like, why the hell do you still have DirecTV? Like, why don't you just get streaming services? It's
1: got to be one 200 a month, something crazy like that, right? It's,
0: it's probably, I think they said it was, like, 120 Yeah. And they have, like, uh, not even the premium package. It's, like, second tier.
1: No, I mean, if I paid for that stuff, I would believe what I saw, too, because I paid good money to hear that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like watching a show.
1: It's like, dude, I pay 120 a month for this. Why would they lie to me after all that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. It's
1: quality information if you're paying for it.
0: Sure. I mean, that's a great. I never thought about that.
1: But no, um, the the top three internal wars, I would say, are, you know, obviously the left and the right, and then the the vaccine mandates we're dealing with and i'm just talking america we don't even need to get started on canada yet because canada is a glimpse into our very near future and then it's the third is certainly going to be the schools versus the parents when it comes to children yeah we're seeing a lot of the schools versus parents right now so um differing political ideologies vaccine mandates the control of schools on children; those are the the top three things that I'm worried about in our country. And if you know NATO goes and defends Ukraine, that doesn't help any of these issues. So I don't care.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the with the whole Ukraine Russia thing, I think that it's kind of a give and take. There's always two sides, and it it's always it's always a kind of a, a weird, um, it's a weird take because you have to take what our media is telling us versus what the Russian media is saying. Cause I've, I've been keeping up with like reporters being in Ukraine and they're like, nothing's going on. Like I'm in yeah. the middle of the capital and there's nothing like everyone's normal.
1: Yeah. Everyone, the sources from Russia keep saying that the Americans are being played right now. Yeah. They're like, I think they even made a joke that where they sent out like a published list of the dates they're going to invade mm-hmm. so that America or so that the politicians can go on vacation those days. That's what I saw. Um, and I also did read some of uh, what Putin said like last night or the other day about how by, you know, claiming Ukraine as Russian is undoing what the communists did in World War II. He said that was a mistake and it never should have been uh, separated. And, you know, um, culturally speaking, it's never been separated. And he's saying that America needs to not really be concerned with that because as far as he's concerned, it's been Russia's territory the entire time.
0: Right. And Russia has basically been bottle feeding Ukraine for a long time. And what I feel like the United States is kind of being for the longest time, we've kind of been like big brother. Like we've been um, like putting our foot down when countries want to take over other countries or investigate other countries. And what are you, what's your opinion on that? Like, When does a country like Russia get tired of the United States doing that? Like, do you think that Vladimir, because I'm not, I'm not a fan of Vladimir Putin, but I'm also not against Vladimir Putin. I think that a lot of what he has to say is true. But I also believe that, you know, they're not living in modern times. I don't think that war is definitely not a thing that we need to get into.
1: I think the war has its place. But not now. I mean, we've gotten so far removed from what war is, it's all gonna be cyber attacks, drone strikes, and nuclear weapon threats. That's not war. I mean it's psychological warfare, maybe, but I don't know. You know, back in back in the old days, we used to just run at each other with like rocks and spears. And that was epic. That was cool. There's a reason that people love movies like Troy. And um, even more recent movies like, you know, Saving Private Ryan. People are obsessed with World War II. Especially boomers. They love their World War II movies. Because war... I mean, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, war is awesome. Because I know... Because I haven't been in war... And I know everyone that has been in war will tell you that it's not awesome. But there's a certain point where war is important and beneficial to the society that is protecting itself. Well, okay. Ideally, both participants in war are protecting their best interest. But at least they have a best interest. We don't have a best interest, really. If we go and, you know, have a pissing contest with Russia, just... You know, name one thing for me that we're going to protect and we're going to benefit from. There's nothing.
0: Yeah, I think that we're going to hurt more than protect anything. I mean, uh, Joe Biden was talking about how prices, how we, we, the American people, are going to pay for this if Putin decides to escalate the problem. Um, And I kind of like tuned out at that point. I was like, dude, you're basically telling us that. You know, we are going to have to pay for this for a war that nobody really is wanting. Like, I don't even think Vladimir Putin is wanting a war. He's just basically trying to retake what is theirs, basically.
1: I mean, as far as he's concerned, he's not even retaking anything. Since he says it's been his the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just so out there, this whole conflict. Just on, on, a, on a ground level, on a civilian level, it makes zero sense. And I think Biden forgot that he's supposed to lie when he said we were going to pay for it. <laughs> because it's 100% going to be us. Yes. Yeah. we're already going through so much. And it's going to be... You know, we think we're going through a lot now. But it could be like a light switch if if an actual war was started. Because, you know, the war in the Middle East... Um, the United States was you know, we were post 9-11 and we were feeling really strong about our patriotism and our nationalism and you know, we don't need to get into who did 9-11 because that's so burnt out but you know, we actually had something going on and right now we don't have anything going on to our benefit It's just, it's already, it would be such an inciting incident to a a nation where there's already constant incitement already. It could push the whole country over the edge if there's actually a serious conflict. Because we, I don't feel like we can take it.
0: No, I mean, given the mental stability of Uh, most of our citizens and not even mental, man, like even physical. And I'm not no one to speak on that. Like I'm not in the best shape of all time, but if there was a point where we did have to fight a massive country like Russia, I mean, I, they have, they have basically the manpower to, I wouldn't, I, I, this is going to sound weird. But they have the manpower to, you know, stomp the shit out of us.
1: Definitely. I mean, it's not just manpower, it's Russian manpower. Yeah. That's. Russians are built different.
0: They and are nobody's going to argue with that. They are built different. And they are. They're smart people. They're. I feel like they're. They have been the underdogs for a really long time. Definitely. And when. If I'm a citizen of Russia and I'm thinking, obviously, we don't want a war, but if provoked by a bully poked and poked and provoked, you know, at some point you get tired of that shit and you have, you you have to do what you got to do.
1: Well, here's my main concern. We've got all of this going on inside and now we've, we're starting to have a little bit of something going on outside and all of our fighting age men are obsessed with catching fake animals on their phone. (laughs) Playing Pokemon fucking go.
0: Did you hear about Stuck
1: to their Switch, their little Nintendo Switches. Russia, just come on. Put them out of their misery. Put our men out of their misery. Because, I mean, if if we're going to act like we stand a chance, that's just really sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that we have... I'd like to think that we have leaders like... You mentioned Jocko earlier, Jocko Willing. I'd love to think that we have people like that in the military and I hope we do because truthfully, man, we live in this country and I don't want, you know, bad shit to happen to us. And we need leaders like that, not only like in the military, but we need leaders like that just in civilian lifestyle. We need leaders
1: like that just in the families, in the communities.
0: Yeah, we need leaders like that everywhere, man. Not like as far as like even your bosses at work and shit, like we should... Not have a simping ass motherfucker as a leader.
1: A good boss can make or break your career. Oh, yeah. And that gets more and more true the higher up it goes. And I think people that are meant to be leaders, you know, they don't really have to try to be leaders. They're naturally going to get to that point because, you know, it's just how they're wired. But, you know, in a world where every position is determined by money, those people can't rise up. And we find ourselves in situations like this, where, I mean, look at our president. I don't put too much weight on the president as a leader. Um, I've always seen the president more as a figurehead. But even as a figurehead, he couldn't be worse. I mean, I don't have uh, many international friends, but I know that European people were, uh, surprisingly concerned with, uh, Trump as president. Even though they, um, weren't American and I can't help but wonder what the more serious countries think about us being led by a geriatric. It's just, I can only imagine what they think about that.
0: Yeah. Imagine being like the Russian leaders and Chinese leaders, right? Because China Let's not rule China out. They're obviously a massive economy.
1: China scares me more than anybody.
0: China is really, really scary and fuck man. I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. And not, not that fear itself like, right, we have to do our own research, but China is a, is scary not only because um of their massive economy. I think that they're willing to do whatever it fucking takes to win. And they're playing the long game. From what it seems like, like they've been in our software, you know, they can pretty, like you were talking about earlier, shutting down our electrical grid. Like that could happen in a blink of an eye.
1: I mean, even just TikTok.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, if you really look into TikTok, I know it's easy to think that it's funny. You'd be like, oh, TikTok is Chinese mind control. You're like, yeah, right, grandpa, go back to bed. But if you really look into it, I mean, all the data is there. If you actually take the time to look into it, um, it was a clear psyop on Americans, 100%. I mean, it can't even be questioned if you look at, you know, the companies and the way the the algorithm works and the kind of situation that we've been in with China. And um, they'll openly admit it. China will openly admit um, these kinds of attacks because it's not like we're going to do anything. We're too busy watching TikTok. Yeah. I mean, you know how many teenage girls that actually have become, that I see that have actually become the teenage girl stereotype? I work with this one girl who I've never once seen her look up from her phone. Just, you know, like actual zombie. And I wonder, you know, how much of that we don't see because I know if you ever talk to a younger girl, Which all around isn't a good idea because you'll lose several brain
0: cells.
1: (laughs) Every song they know is from TikTok.
0: Yeah. Everything
1: they know about the world was told to them by a TikToker dropping, you know, secret knowledge. Yeah. It's, you know, it's insane how much of a hold it's taken on people's minds in the past few years. You know, it was funny at first, but it's not really that funny anymore. It's kind of scary now.
0: Yeah, I mean... The way that I see it, man, we have we have a lot of we have a lot of a lot of issues at hand and a lot of things that we need to kind of focus on here at home before we try to let's say protect a country that doesn't need protecting um, just for NATO's sake or just for um, Europe's sake, you know we don't need to protect the Ukraine. Maybe we should keep an eye on it to make sure shit doesn't go sideways, but we don't definitely need to make the American people pay for what's going on.
1: I guarantee you 96% of Americans can't even spell Ukraine.
0: Yeah. I can't.
1: I couldn't. I was going to say I couldn't point it out on a map, but you just showed me. So I probably could still remember. But if you ask me tomorrow, I probably couldn't point it out on a map.
0: Yeah, it's right, right under Russia. Um, I got it tattooed on my back. Really? Yeah. I got the Kremlin uh, Moscow tattooed on my back.
1: When was this, just recently?
0: Recently, yeah, a couple of days ago. That's commitment. Edward Snowden reached out to me and he told me that, you know, I should move there and do my podcast from there.
1: I think so. You think so? Yeah, I really think so. I mean, if you're trying to give intel, then you just got to go out there. <laughs> You can be our guy on the inside. I support it.
0: Edward Snowden's another one, man. And this, I agreed with you on the three trending topics, right? Um, I think that one is our freedom of choice, right? I think that we should have a freedom of rather to not get a vaccine or to get a vaccine it's your fucking choice i think that it should be whoever is taking that vaccine i think it should be their choice it shouldn't be up to government it shouldn't be up to the state it shouldn't be anything other than whoever is taking the vaccine and uh not only that man but if you if if they can pass um, a mandate like that, which they haven't right they haven't yet, but it's just a glimpse into the future of what they could do like if they could get away with that, what can they get away with here in ten, twenty years anything um speaking of Canada like that could that could be our truth, right that could be our reality if we're not if we don't stand up for what we believe in.
1: I support the Canadian truckers. I want oh, yeah. that on record. I do too. I think it's the coolest thing, but they're going to face some terrifying consequences.
0: I mean, there's always a there's always a consequence to face when you're standing up for your freedom.
1: And I think it's I think it's even cooler that they're still willing to do that. Cuz I mean, they're not just fighting for themselves. I mean, if if they didn't want to get vaccinated, you know, they can just go buy a fake card or something. Mm-hmm. But they're getting out there, and they're standing up for everybody's right to not get vaccinated. And, you know, I've never been an anti-vax guy. I mean, you know, everyone wants to bring up, like, polio and, like, the Black Plague. Yeah. And they're like, wow, if everyone was getting polio, you people would be responsible because you wouldn't get the polio vaccine. And I'm like, no, this is not that
0: yeah, this is not the same disease.
1: It's the flu. Come on. I've had it like twice. It sucks ass. But, you know, at least I'm not concerned with my heart health.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. My lungs, maybe. But not so much.
0: Man, I I've gotten to a point where I've gotten to a point where I know that the shit that we eat, the shit that we watch, the shit that we consume overall is not beneficial to our body. I mean, just even like, even our living conditions, right? We sometimes like, I'm most definitely an inside cat. But if I were to get in tune with my outdoor nature, I think that I would feel way much better. I think that people definitely need to see the sun. People need to drink more water. And people need to get more exercise.
1: Yeah, there's a saying that I um, I say pretty often in regards to that. You know what it is? Mm-mm. Touch grass.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grass and dirt with your feet. That's
1: practically my catchphrase. Touch grass. And I can tell when I've gone too long without touching grass. Yeah. Because... I've always been a really big nature guy and you know that's one of the reasons I love this state so much because the nature is just it's incredible how much you know biodiversity we have out there you know lakes rivers woods probably some quicksand somewhere (laughs) watch out for the quicksand But, I mean, you can go, I mean, there's mountains, there's cliffs. You pretty much have every little biome that's possible here. Yeah. And depending on which one you feel like going out to, you can just pick and choose, really. And I've spent, I spent a lot of my childhood out in the woods, you know, like in a weird way, like in a creepy way. Like some sort of forest, demon. I would just prowl the woods as a child. I'd be like punching down rotten trees, doing pull-ups, climbing trees, running around like, like an anime character.
0: Yeah.
1: It was awesome. And now as an adult, you know, working a job inside, living inside, I can tell when I've gone too long because I just start to feel really disconnected and, you know, depressed, if you will. And then I might step outside somewhere that's a little outdoorsy, you know, maybe like a parking lot with an extra little spot of grass. And, you know, I'll look up at the sky and it's just doing something crazy. Like, I think, I think we don't look up enough. Oh, yeah because you might look up at the sky and it's doing something it's making colors you didn't know were possible. And in that moment when you're standing on that extra patch of grass and you're looking up at those colors, it just it just pierces your heart. And I feel like that's um that's true happiness to me. Is when that feeling of the fiery beauty of the world around you just hits you all at once. Yeah. That's something we really need in our lives, everybody
0: yeah there was a day um there was a day here where I was taken out the trash, and it was a clear, dark sky with with stars and I don't know what it was, like I just stood out in the middle of the parking lot, looking up, and I was just amazed by what I was looking at like I literally stood there for two minutes looking at the sky, and it was like I felt like. Like a simulation glitch. Like I was just looking at the sky. and It's hard to believe. And I was like, man, I cannot believe that I'm a speck of dust in this piece of like this round land that we live on.
1: We're so lucky. I mean, we're really, really lucky. When you look around and you see all these things that, I mean, the, all the things that we evolved alongside. I mean, all the things that shaped exactly what we ended up being. Once you really acknowledge them, I mean, just, it's so lucky that we get to be here. And, you know, people don't realize that because they might not have caught that Vaporeon. They wasted their last master ball (laughs) on their little fox animal waifu. And so they might not, you know, catch that sunset.
0: Yeah. Did you hear about that uh I don't know where exactly it was. I think it might have been California, obviously. Um California.
1: Yeah. Dude, Obligatory California joke.
0: That's another that's another thing that we need to really like worry about is politics in California. I think that I think that Hollywood basically mind-framed everyone in California into thinking into one type of thinking, right? Is basically either clout chasing or just follow whatever the politicians saying, even though the politicians aren't even practicing what they preach.
1: Hollywood's influence on the world is terrifying. I mean, it's really terrifying because it's like, you know, we very quickly went from, our life goal, you know, to be fulfilled, to get a nice job, have a nice family, maybe get some land and a dog, and now everyone wants to be famous. They either want to be a movie star, the next Billy Eilish, or they want to go viral, mm-hmm. almost universally. And it's like we've we've set the bar at all eyes on you. And I think it's very very valuable to people who probably didn't have good parents to, you know, have all eyes on them and to, you know, be validated. And that's a normal thing to want. I mean everyone wants to be looked up to and respected. But I feel like the way we're going about it now is the Hollywood way instead of, you know, the actual civilized human being way of just, you know, being a a good person, which is awfully vague, but, you know, being somebody that can actually be looked up to and respected for reasons other than playing a cool character or making a cool dance.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I... I agree to a certain point, I think that, um
1: I mean, I know we need media creators,
0: yeah, I know that
1: art's a very important medium, but you know just everybody wanting to do it, it doesn't work,
0: yeah, and I mean, that's the great thing about the United States is that people come here to find an opportunity to become what they are dreaming of, you know, if they want to own a bakery, if they want to be an actor, if they want to do a podcast, if they want to own a cigar shop, if they want to make shoes, like you can fucking do anything you want here.
1: We need it all. I mean, yeah. it's such a big country, every every niche can be filled.
0: Yeah, and there's always a there's always a market for everything. I say everything. No,
1: everything. There's a market for everything, and some things that there's a market for. Make me want to leave. <laughs> leave where? I don't know. Just somewhere else.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah, I get that. Have Others you seen like some of the things
1: that, that some companies are like devoting their whole operation to? I mean, if you really think about how this is like people's livelihoods making like four foot long dragon dildos.
0: I don't see a problem with that.
1: Why? Because you own four of them? I have three. Oh. Yeah. I knew it was somewhere around there.
0: Yeah, it was in the... It's in odd number, but if I made it an even number, then it wouldn't be good.
1: I disagree. Hmm. I think if you have three, you gotta have four.
0: I mean, you know what's bad? You know what's real bad about this? Is that I'd rather have stage three cancer than stage four cancer. I disagree. (laughs) Jesus. Because,
1: I mean, they're both... Because the thing is, they're both so far along that you might as well just commit.
0: You might as well just finish, right? Exactly. Yeah. not get that. Cancer's another one of those, man, that's scary, dude. I think that out of everything in the world that's going on, cancer is, like when I think about cancer, and I joke about cancer because...
1: Because it's funny.
0: Because if I had cancer, I would want somebody to joke about it truthfully
1: i don't actually think it's funny
0: i don't think it's funny it's in a scary. way i don't think it's funny in a way of like haha look at that guy he has cancer yeah. i think in a, in a way is like i think it's definitely something that we could have cured by now if our attention span wasn't 7 seconds long looking at tiktok videos
1: well you know what they say even if there was a cure it wouldn't be the solution right cuz you know It could have been developed. It could be secret. It could be owned privately by somebody. It could be, you know, the most expensive treatment for anything. I mean, everyone likes to say, you know, I think it's so many good points have become cliche because the people that, you know, actually have some sense, it's not complicated enough. And so everyone, you know, wants to see them as a simpleton or a conspiracy theorist at best, but my cliche thought on that is that it's way more profitable for people that have cancer than to not. It's that simple.
0: I think that's a short-term way of thinking. Maybe in the short term, but I think that in the long term, if we have healthy citizens and healthy individuals in our country, I think that we're not gonna last as long as a normal empire would last, which is about two hundred and twenty five years.
1: So are you saying they do want us healthy to an extent?
0: Right. To I an just ex- don't think so. I think that I think that if we were smarter that we would try to become healthier and try to become a not only like the United States, but like around the world. Like we would we could definitely and world hunger. Like one billionaire could definitely solve world hunger. But there's pros and cons to that. Like are they really going to solve world hunger? Like there's people who benefit off world hunger.
1: Well, I don't think we need any billionaire because the main cause of world hunger is food waste. I mean, even just recently, they were buying out farms and making them dump thousands of gallons of milk. Jesus, I mean, just you know opening up trucks and letting them drain i mean it's it's mind blowing how much how much the food we have is wasted, you know, not donated, not given away, just thrown away
0: or well, dumped right, and that's kind of a that's kind of the company's fault, right, because they're either making too much or they're not making an effort to either transport those goods over to a country that's in need. And it kind of makes sense, right? Like, why would they invest all that money into something that's not going to be a return on investment?
1: I really don't know. I really have no idea because it doesn't make sense. But I mean, the things that a lot of these big corporations are doing, I mean, they just they don't make sense, but they don't need to make sense. Not to us.
0: Yeah. And it only has to make sense to them on paper. Yeah. Like, if they're making a shit ton of money, that's the only thing they care about is their boss. all on paper. They, they're they only looking at, like, their quarterly earnings, right? They don't care about what's going on.
1: I mean, if they're selling, like, 50,000 pounds a year, I'm sure they can stand to lose, like, 6,000. You know how many people that can feed? Yeah. At least three. <laughs>
0: We've, it's a weird weird world that we live in, man, and um, the synopsis of what I'm basically getting to is, yes, we have a lot of problems, but we should be grateful because we're not in a third world country where we are, you know, trying to get our food 16 miles away. And who knows, they might live a happier life. They might be happier than the average American.
1: That does seem to be the case. I you mean think
0: so you think they're happier?
1: I think they're more fulfilled. Because while their basic needs are way harder to um achieve and satisfy, I mean once they are satisfied that's really all they need. You know, if 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 they do manage to meet those needs at a bare minimum and you know they can provide for their family and they have their family and that's their only concern I think if if that's where the bar is set then the bar is much more easily met and you know we're seeing what happens when you create a country so developed And so prosperous and so safe. We're seeing what happens to people in those environments. And it's real nasty. I mean, all these... All these big problems, we've just made up these problems. We used to have real problems. (laughs) Like, are we going to be scalped by natives? Are we going to be able to cross this river? Are we going to be able to, you know... Feed ourselves. Are we going to die of dysentery? Are we going to um, be attacked by bandits while we're taking our entire livelihoods in in a covered wagon? <laughs> but now we're worried about you know everything. Everything that we've been talking about, really.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: And it's it's just such we've made everything far too complicated because everything was so easy everything got so easy that we had to make everything complicated to struggle and it's like in some places we we don't have to they don't have to make it difficult um they don't have to create problems to struggle it's just an actual struggle
0: yeah I mean the way that humans are wired some humans is that we want more right like we and this is just this is just my type of thinking like I like to buy silly things I like to buy things that are meaningful to me like obviously my like books or just random shit like things that I think are going to be beneficial to me even if it's just a silly hat, or like a silly piece of clothing, or gnomes, or gnomes, right? I love the gnomes. Yeah, those are Isabel's gnomes. Um, they're Christmas gnomes, but I decided to, we decided to leave that one up. I think it's funny.
1: My gnomes got put away against Our, my will. Why? Because I was trying to argue the case that they were not seasonal. <laughs> I was like, "No, those are those aren't seasonal gnomes. Those are those are year-round gnomes." Year-round gnomes, yeah. But no. That didn't work. They got put up.
0: I'm sorry to hear that, man.
1: It's all right. I still see them somewhat regularly.
0: Do you keep them in a closet somewhere and you like open it up and you look up and you're like, "Hey, me?"
1: No, they're actually just sitting on top of my bookshelves.
0: What kind of books do you read? I for the people that's listening and if you don't know Jesse, Jesse's actually literally uh, someone I've known for a really long time. We used to be neighbors.
1: You don't know Jesse. Listeners. You don't know. Nobody knows me. I'm a figment of Eric's imagination. Jesus. Dude. And he is tripping balls right now.
0: I knew this was going to happen one day.
1: Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. You know, I wanted to say you're very important to me. Because you're, you might be the first friend I remember having. Really? Yes. Besides, like, being a baby. Having baby friends. I mean, like, you know, being a you sentient person. You remember being a baby? Yes. That's I, crazy. Well, I remember being three. My memories go back to three, and that's it. Damn. Uh, we were living, when I was three, we were living in a mobile home on the road. I remember one time we had a cat, and it freaking ran out like the the hatch on the top. That's just a fun fact. That's, that's not a real story. Um, but I have a couple memories from living on the road at three years old um but what i'm saying is you might i I really think you're the first friend i remember having um i can't even remember where that was i mean obviously we're not going to say but if you were to tell me to like go there there's no way i could ever find it oh i could find it uh, yeah Well, did you stay there longer than I did?
0: Yeah, we stayed there for a really long time, man. Okay. And, uh, it's a weird, it's, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird place to grow up, man, because I was the only, like, not white kid, you know? And I didn't like, nobody was really mean to us, like, everyone was pretty nice, but. Uh, growing up, like when I, when I got older, there was a set of kids younger than me, maybe like five or six years old. I was probably like 10, 11. They were
1: like, so you stayed there way longer than me. Oh yeah. If you're 10, 11. Yeah. Still I stayed
0: there. there. I was probably in middle school leading up into high school and I still live there.
1: I had probably already moved like six times.
0: I had, then. I had my first car and we were still living there.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah. So I lived there for a long time, but, um, I remember these kids, man, like they would run around and they'd be like, they'd just say like wetback or like beaner and there were kids, dude. And I remember like thinking back then, like if they're saying that, I wonder what their parents are saying. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's one of those things where you, you just gotta, you gotta realize that it's from the parents because I never even noticed that you were Mexican.
0: Yeah, no, and that's not a thing I really know. Like, nobody really cared. Like, no. the kids really didn't care. Like, we were all friends and shit. Um, you were just Eric. Yeah, I was and just Eric. nothing beyond that. And it didn't really come into play up until maybe 6th or 7th grade, where I were. I'd say
1: that's a nice streak. Yeah. You made and, it a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get bullied, but there. I mean, that's when I first, I was like, holy shit, like.
1: I remember what they used to call you. What? And I'm not going to say it. Damn. On on the podcast. I can't remember. You what. hated it. Really? Yeah, I thought it was funny. And maybe you thought it was funny at first, but then you started to really hate it. Really? And you'd get actually kind of upset.
0: I don't remember this.
1: I'll tell you later.
0: Here, let's turn this down and you can say it. I'm going to mute this. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I muted it. Yeah, it was... Uh... I remember who used to call me that. I
1: just got censored.
0: Yeah. I just don't want whatever Censorship, happened to you. Censorship, rog- man. I just don't want Joe, like Joe Rogan, a.k.a. Jesse, to happen to you. Um, But yeah, I never really got mad. I think I, I guess I did get mad, but now I think it's funny because. Uh, it's definitely funny. My buddy Stoney at the time. I don't know if you remember him.
1: Yeah, I know Stoney.
0: I actually talked to him like a couple days ago. I on see Instagram. him often. I haven't seen him in a while but I do talk to him on Instagram. And I was and we talked about that. I was like, "Dude, you used to be stoner no boner and I used to be that."
1: I remember that. I'm I remember gonna... stoner no boner. I had forgotten, but I totally remember.
0: Yeah. And uh anyways, like living in that uh we lived in a trailer park. Like living in that was crazy, man. But we moved when I was in high school. Uh we moved like to a more countryside, uh, like thirty minutes, twenty minutes away.
1: I have a lot of memories from there. And the funny thing is, uh, all of the memories involve watching something. Yeah. It's all media related because I remember, you know, Fairly Odd Parents was popping. Yeah. I used to watch like Lilo and Stitch in there. I used to watch Arthur in Arthur, there, yeah. in that, in that trailer. My dad was still around at that point.
0: Do you remember my dad? I don't. I remember your mom. I, don't,
1: I didn't expect you to, but he was still around at that point.
0: I remember your mom giving me a ride to school once. A couple times, actually.
1: The funny thing about my mom, uh, she's always remembered David. Really? But the reason is really funny. Um, when she first took me, it was the first day of kindergarten, when she took me, um, she saw David be dropped off, and she said he cried. Yeah. And so now <laughs> I'm like, hey, you remember David? She's like, oh yeah, the 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 boy who cried. Yeah. So he's just the crying boy to my Dude, mom, he, but she'll always remember.
0: He would always cry, man. And I give him. We were talking about this on the last podcast. Um, I remember being in second grade. It was like the first time I saw David. I, no, I think I've seen him in kindergarten, but we really never talked. And uh, in second grade, the first time I actually saw him, um, he was like stomping and pounding like his fist on the floor, like crying. He's he a passionate not, boy. Dude, he did not want to go to school. I don't blame him. And I was like, what is wrong with this kid? But yeah, I don't blame them, man. I I actually, I didn't hate school, but it was like, I wish that I would have learned more thing, like educational purposes. Like, I feel like I goofed off a lot in school, but it man. is what it is now. I mean,
1: you remember how I was in school, don't you? When? High school. Yeah. Everyone remembers what I was like in high school. Yeah. And none of it was conducive to learning anything. <laughs> None of it. I was there to have a good time, cause a ruckus and leave.
0: You know what's r- really weird, man? Um <laughs> What's really funny is that there's been a couple of kids who were like that that they were just maniacs in school and now I see them and they're like really smart. Or like they grew up and now they're valuable members of society.
1: I always did want to learn and I always valued learning. And I always think that I would like to go back in time and try harder. But I mean, I genuinely have like crippling ADHD. (laughs) I mean, I was completely incapable of learning. I was always getting, uh, referred to counselors. I was always getting put in ALE. I just, something's wrong with my brain. When you put me in that environment, I just, I can't thrive in that environment. I've Everything I've learned, I've learned on my own. Yeah. I didn't learn a single thing from school. But do you remember, you stole my first girlfriend. Uh,
0: I do not know.
1: You stole my first girlfriend. And, you know, for years, I had ICE on speed dial. <laughs> that was my joker moment.
0: Jesus. Dude. That was
1: my joker moment. And you ruined my life.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't know that. And
1: I'm glad I got over it. But Eric, can you please say very closely to my chest if you're legal or not? I am. Yeah. Rethink that.
0: Why are you calling ICE right I'm now? I'm not
1: wearing a wire. <laughs> I'm not. But if yeah. you could just get to my chest, and you'll know, be honest about your citizenship status.
0: Yeah. Please. Yeah. I have a. I was born in Texas. It's gross. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's like the closest thing to Mexico is Texas.
1: No, of course, I'm only joking. No, I know. Like, no, I'm saying for the audience. I know you know I'm joking. Oh, the audience. But people have a hard time being able to tell when I'm joking.
0: I hope that by now anyone listening listening to the Drowning Fish podcast understand that. Understand that everything that I say on here isn't 100%. You know, it all comes from a satire comedy play, like, Somewhere in my heart over the years, I've learned to realize that life shouldn't be taken as serious as most people take it. And that might be my kryptonite at the end. Who knows? We'll get there and I'll I'll let everyone know. But as far as I'm living now, like life is only so long and we shouldn't really take everything and stress over it, you know?
1: I would say that we also shouldn't make everything a joke either.
0: Right. And I agree. I agree. There's certain, some
1: things are really serious.
0: I agree. And I think that if you're a person of integrity and character and have values that I think that that's, that's, you know, where I kind of lie at because obviously I can have a great conversation with you anytime. And you see my books like I read where I've read some, some of these books.
1: Yeah. I've been wanting to read the obstacle is the way, because I mean, I, I use it, you know, as a phrase because I think that, you know, fear is a good compass.
0: Oh, for sure. To, you
1: know, if there's something you really don't want to do, you should probably be doing it. Yeah. That's how I feel.
0: There is so many things that, one thing that I've been afraid of or was afraid of, I'm not really afraid of anymore is kind of just talking to people that I don't agree with and trying to have, and trying to understand from their point of view because As humans, like in today's world, the number one thing we don't want is conflict with somebody. Um, Not that you're close with, but that you can see on a regular basis.
1: Definitely. I mean, since you're forced to be together, it's so easy to make something weird. Yeah. Tension is, you know, easily accomplished when you're forced into a little bubble together. But I don't... I don't really express my opinions i mean I obviously do you see my instagram
0: dude i love your instagram you see stories. my story it's so funny
1: but that's very private um you know my account is private i have so many people so many follower requests in purgatory and it's like you know actual friends of mine and i feel bad leaving them in that purgatory but you know i just i don't want to take the chance of them you know heavily disagreeing and then you know everything is things might be weird between us because i'm not What I'm saying is I don't really try to convince anybody of anything because I know what I know to be true. And it's not my responsibility to convince someone else. It's just not because if I could just live it instead of talking about it, I could spend so much more time living my truth as opposed to trying to recruit people to it. But if we're close friends, I'll definitely tell you how I feel about anything.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a good way to think. At this point in my life, man, I, especially what I want to do, like in the future, I, I'll be as open as anything, man. Like I'll tell you anything that you, if you ask, I'll tell you. Yeah.
1: I'll never lie, but I might say, you know, don't ask me about that. (laughs) No comment. Just, just leave that alone. But for the most part, I'll, I'll definitely say how I feel because I've got opinions.
0: Yeah, it's not bad to be a private person. It's not bad to, you know, hold your opinions to yourself or any of that. But as as for me, like I'll everything. Everything's comedy to me, and it might be bad in the future, but that's how I'm living right now. And
1: I'm always serious. Really I'm so serious no, all the you're time not. no you're yes, not. I am no you're not I mean everything I say, I take everything very seriously. you
0: might mean everything you say, but that's why
1: nobody talks to me, really, yes, because you know they'll like make a joke and I'll go on like an Alex Jones tirade <laughs> about it, and you know eventually Jesus. people learn to just not say things i'm I mean, I went on a just recently i I know I went on a tirade about chicken nuggets. Because someone offered me some chicken nuggets, you know, trying to be nice. But of course, I had to go and talk about, you know, how they're the icon of a postmodernist hellscape and an absolute radioactive slop of a food. And yeah. then I pretended to spit on the chicken nuggets, you know, just
0: Jesus, dude.
1: <laughs> I've got a problem. <laughs> I've got a real problem. I love and, uh, that Disney as well. See that? I'll go off about Disney. That
0: there's comedy in that, though, man. Like there is funniness in that. I exaggerate. I and definitely exaggerate. Exaggeration can be comedy, and it could be comedic. Like if you were to do that to me, I'd laugh my ass off. But oh, yeah. some people, some people might be boomers, and it's big. funny.
1: But I mean it. That's fine. That's that's the way I'm serious. You know, I actually, I wanted to be a comedian really when I was a kid, but it was only because everyone thought I was funny anyway, even though I was dead serious. You know, everyone wants to say to me, they're like, oh, you're a really funny guy. And I'm like, but I'm serious. I'm like actually telling you. And they're like, man, you're so funny. I'm like, dude, (laughs) like, listen to me. I'm not making a joke right now. They're like, oh, that's hilarious, man. That's so funny. You know, everyone has just, I've always been the funny guy. Always been the funny guy. And when I was a kid and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, I was like, you know, I should be a comedian. But then, you know. I got really sick of being the funny guy because it's kind of like, it's giving me a complex where I find it really hard to take myself seriously because everyone else has had such a hard time taking me seriously. It's like, I mean, can you, can you relate at all? Can you relate to always being the funny guy, even when you're trying to be serious?
0: I think that the people,
1: or do you like enjoy that? Is that like your thing?
0: Well, there is, there, I, there is enjoyment to making people feel extremely awkward. Mm -hmm. And there's also, I think that the people that I really care about, like my friends, my family, they know when I'm serious. Yeah. But the people that like, really, like, I honestly don't give a shit about their opinion. Like they can have the, the worst opinion of me, which I don't want them to at the end of the day. But if they do, that's them. And they could just, they could just like think whatever of me and I know who I am and I know what, like what I am at this point in my life. I know. Yeah, we're old. I mean, I'm 24, man. And it's, it's a rarity to find somebody in their twenties who will tell you like, I'm not as concerned as most 20 year olds at what people think about me, like. I'm really not that concerned. I used to be really concerned. I used to like want people to like me and I want people to, you know, respect me and like me. But at the end of the day, if you don't, then you have a problem with yourself because I'm not like, I'm not out here stabbing kids or fucking. Why not? Well, for one, I don't want to go to prison. Why not? I can't do a podcast in a prison. Sure you can. They get phones. Actually, yeah, they do have TikTok in prison. Yeah. Maybe they did that on purpose. Never think about that.
1: No. Hmm. But we keep getting really serious. It's like we keep diving off of diving boards, but we were supposed to be talking about books. Do you remember that? No. You asked me what kind of books I read, and then we ended up where we just went, and I have no idea how.
0: Me either. I have no clue. We were talking about...
1: Books. Then we were talking about how long we've known each other. And I was talking about how you stole my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And there's more to that story because, you know, I was out there, you know, pouting. Well, because she came to me and she was like, I'm not your girlfriend anymore. I'm Eric's girlfriend.
0: Really? I don't fucking remember. I don't even remember her
1: name. It was like, it was like Kaylee or something. She was this little blonde girl.
0: I have no fucking clue, dude, who that is.
1: And I was like, I was out there pouting and your mom came out.
0: How old were you? How old were we, like, little?
1: Five. Maybe five. Oh. And your mom came out, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, Eric stole my girlfriend. And she's like, <laughs> she's like why are you dating? She's like, you're five. What do you mean? And I'm like, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> you wouldn't understand my heartbreak.
0: That's funny, <laughs> lady.
1: Dude. You know, your mom is really nice. Yeah. She used to uh, give us... Um, banana bread Mm -hmm. she'd make us banana bread and i think i think my mom and your mom are still kind of in touch but i'm not entirely sure if you were to put your mom in front of me i would not recognize her really but my mom definitely would she tells me all the time or she used to when she still lived in town she'd say i saw eric's mom the other day yeah And i'm like oh wow that's crazy
0: yeah i think uh
1: if i saw her i wouldn't know
0: I think they have seen each other. Recently. Your brother, however. Which one's?
1: The 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 slightly younger one.
0: Dude, I have three brothers. I have Angel.
1: Angel. Yes. Angel? Yeah. I could probably recognize Angel cuz he's a miniature Eric. Man, he and He looks, had a mustache when he was like 8 years old.
0: Man, he is he grew up into something that I thought he would never grow up into. Like when I used to hit the gym a lot, I would ask him like, Hey man, want to go to the gym. And he's like, no. And he ate like shit. He's like, I, eat, well, I don't eat like that, but it's total, total opposites now. Like he is swole and he is like six foot three. Like he's a machine. And, uh, I'm just like, damn dude. I don't know like I don't know what got him to do that but he just like one day turned his life around fucking now he does not like eat shitty food doesn't drink soda he's really clean he's crazy it happens
1: I mean but, that's what happened to me because I mean really the difference was moving you know out of my own I can make my own choices yeah I can buy my own groceries because I always wanted to do that I was always very much into fitness in a theoretical sort of way you know, I was um, I was a little kid, and I just had like some some vinyl wrapped dumbbells in my room. And so there's not much I could have done in the sense of like programming, periodization, progressive overload. Yeah. But I was always way into it, and I would read like the bodybuilding magazines, and I would look up programs and be like, "Yeah, I'm totally going to do that." Like
0: P90X type shit. Yeah. I actually
1: um, had my nephew's father, um, no blood relation, uh, pirate P90X for me. Really? Did I do it? No. Hell no, I didn't do it. 90 days, you kidding me? That's like five years for a kid. Yeah. I was like, no, that's like, I'll just run around in the woods.
0: Have you ever heard of uh, 75 hard? no no it's this guy he's uh he's 75 and hard no he god no uh his name's andy frisella he's the owner and founder and ceo of uh first form you ever heard of them yes um i used to follow him religiously like really religiously like he's like another leader figure and i used to listen to his podcast you might want to listen to his podcast now like he's He's just crazy, man. Like he's another. What's it called? Uh, motherfucker CEO or motherfucking CEO. Never heard of it. Um, but yeah, he's like another one. He's basically like another Jocko, but he's not military at all. He's more like on a business lenient type of things. But he's another one that I don't even know where I was going with this. What I I like most about
1: Jocko. He's an absolute caricature, and he pulls it off so well. Somebody yeah. literally incarnated G.I. Joe, and that's just... I mean, everyone wants to be so unique and multifaceted, but I think Jocko is unique in the fact that he's such a caricature. He, like, eats, sleeps, and breathes that kind of personality yeah. that, like, you see in the movies... And I think there's a lot of value in just being one kind of person. Yeah. I mean, I can't do that. I've got like a personality disorder, (laughs) but the people that can just have one, like a few main traits and just, you know, be an absolute bastion of those personality traits. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like Jocko, man. I like,
1: he's like, you gotta be tactical. In your business.
0: Dude, that sounds just like him.
1: You got to take risks and attack the enemy head on. What is the enemy? Your quarterly reports. And you're like, you're as a listener and you're like, wow, that's, that's crazy, Jocko. I'm just, I don't know what to do with that information. Good. Good.
0: He gets up to the mic like,
1: "Mm, good. You broke your toe. Good. Now you're gonna get really good at using the other foot.
0: <laughs> he is crazy, man. Somebody that put, uh, actually, my mentor, like my first mentor, probably my only mentor that, um, like wasn't family at all, put me on Jocko. And I've heard of Jocko in the past, but um, when you see like being a man, right, and you see somebody. 10 to 12, 15 years older than you. You're like, I want to be a man of character and I want to be a man that everyone, not just like, you don't care if people admire you, but you, you care about yourself, right? And you care about your values and what you truly believe in. That's how I looked at this guy. And, uh, I was like, well, I'm going to kind of dig in his brain a little bit. And uh, I started listening to a lot of Jocko, and I was like, okay, maybe this is, you know, gonna lead into something. And then I read, uh, fuck, what was that? His first book, The Ownership. Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. Yeah. And that book fucking destroyed everything that I truly believed in about like accountability and just holding yourself like, Accountable to anything that is surrounding you at the time. Yeah. And I still believe like, I'm glad that shit happened, man, because a lot of people go into life without learning these things, without really facing any obstacles, without facing any real trials and tribulations. And then they come to a fucking and they're when they're like 30 years old and they don't have no fucking clue like how to, overcome that uh, obstacle. And I think it's important to learn at a young age um, how to overcome shit. The age
1: of 30 scares me.
0: Uh, It does not scare me at all, man. I think that for a man, I think that we age, if you take care of yourself and if you take care of your mental and you take care of, you know, everything that you believe in, I think that the age is like, the age 30 to 35 is... Could be a peak time for a man.
1: I don't mean physically like, you know, the actual act of aging, but it's just that if I get to 30 and I realize that I don't have everything figured out, I know it's too late (laughs) because, you know, if, if I saw this thing actually probably yesterday, it said if, if the things you did in your twenties aren't benefiting you in your thirties, then you really messed up. Yeah. I mean, and it's really easy to see. I mean, humans work on such a, humans work like clockwork on small scales and on big scales. And, you know, 30 is really when you're supposed to have it together. And it gets harder and harder to, you know, get all your ducks in a row at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... For a man that wants something of himself and wants to do, you know, not only like wants to be something, but just wants to have a family and sit down some time and think about family. I think that it's important that you kind of work on that progressively in in your younger years.
1: It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I mean, but, it, I mean, no one said it was going to be easy. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone actually said it was going to be really hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not easy. It It is a task and it is a challenge, but
1: it can be easy. But if you make it easy, then you're probably going to have a bad time in the in the long term.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been there's been times, man, when I was like 16 or 17. I don't know if you knew this, but I was in a lawsuit. I didn't. And at the time, dude, I thought that my life was fucking over. Like I've gotten into multiple things that I was like, well, I'm probably going to go to prison if shit doesn't go my way. Not because of lawsuit, just because of other shit that was going on too. But with the lawsuit itself, like I was worried. I didn't know what was going on. I'm 17 years old. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going to happen. Like the lawyer's not telling me shit. But when we got into court, this lasted like fucking two years, man. But when we finally got to court, like the final day, my lawyer dragged the defendant everywhere. Or not the defendant. I'm the defendant, right? I'm defending myself. Yeah. Um, The other one. The prosecutor or whatever. Dude dragged the shit out of her. And that's when like, I think that's when a switch in my brain like kind of turned on and was like, I shouldn't be scared of facing things like this. And I'm glad it happened, man, because I know that in the future, I'm probably going to face more lawsuits. Definitely. I'm probably going to face a lot of shit that at least,
1: at least five more lawsuits are in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. You have a bare minimum of lawsuits that you're going to have to get through. I mean, it's just, it's just a part of the game. You
0: think so? Yes, man. I hope. I hope so. I know that. I know that I will, man. I know that I'm going to be facing uh, real challenges, and uh, like I talked to, I've talked to my mom, and I was like, man, I you know, or not only like my mom, but I've talked to like older people about this, and they're like, don't say that, like you're, you'll be all right, and I'm like, no, like sometimes I want these challenges to come. Mm-hmm. so i can overcome them you
1: get bored if and you learn don't learn
0: from them you know learn from the like learn from whatever the fuck is on the way
1: i don't know everyone avoids these things everyone avoids the things that scare them yet we have almost everyone will tell you that they have anxiety or panic attacks and it's like they spend their whole lives avoiding Avoiding the things that make them anxious. But at a certain point, you know, you're going to become so sensitive that the things that make you anxious become everything. Yep. And you know, if you just, if you tackle a few big problems, the little problems don't even exist. Yeah. Because you know you can handle yourself if you take care of some really big things. So when the little things come along, it's, you know, you have a scale. People who avoid the big things, their scale shrinks a lot. And I think that's the problem with, you know, being sheltered or shielded. It really shrinks the scale of what you can handle emotionally.
0: What are some more uh, public figures that you enjoyed? either re- reading or listen listening to
1: you know i think my answer is going to sound kind of pretentious
0: is going to sound chatty like like a chad
1: no it's just i've uh i've really moved away from public figures especially modern ones because um nobody really does it for me because i feel like Um, Us growing up in the age of, you know, media, of just constant movies and TV shows and cartoons and video games, just everywhere. I feel like everyone has become so disingenuous. It's like everyone has become a character. And there's not much, um, what's the word? Authenticity. There's not a whole lot of authenticity going around, especially as a public figure. I feel like the public figures and the people saying the most things are the ones who should be listened to the least. I feel like we should really look for figures in our own lives. And, um, I think I've got a few or a couple, um, I'm not sure if I should shout out. I know we're not supposed to name names. Also, they probably aren't going to be listening.
0: Are they local? Yes. Probably. I don't know. I mean, if you look up, I'll to skip them, why, it. If you look up to them, why not? You know, it's not like we're bashing them.
1: I'll just say uh shout out to my jujitsu coaches. Okay. I'll keep it at that. Okay. Incredible like. men. Incredible men. Um, You know, good Christian family men with good careers that really care about their community and their students.
0: Yeah, jiu-jitsu is another one. Man, if I didn't have so much going on...
1: I feel like my main coach, the owner, he's he's a saint. I mean, to me, he's the closest you can get to a perfect man. Really? Yes. It just, it blows my mind that someone can just go so right. You know what I mean? You know, we see a lot of people go really wrong, but he went really right. He's an incredible person.
0: You know what I think creates people like that? Good families. Good families. Good dads,
1: good communities, good opportunities, good connections.
0: I think that losing also can humble you in a lot. And I think that jujitsu, I think that jujitsu. I don't think I know you're guaranteed to lose a lot. You're guaranteed to lose. And it's such one. It's such as it's one of those things that it's an art form that you have to be humble, man. You have to like. You have to know that there are things, some things that can be out of your control.
1: Someone is always better than you. Always. I'm used to being the worst guy in the room. So I'm the most humble guy in the world. Yeah. No one's more humble than me because I get destroyed by every man, woman, and child (laughs) that comes in. Jesus. And it's not, it's not that I'm bad or anything. It's that I'm just the most, one of the most recent to join. And, you know, I've been, um, I've had issues, you know, be it injuries or illness or scheduling conflicts that have uh, had me out more than in lately. And so, you know, when you're out for even like a month, everyone is like twice as good as you. Oh, yeah. And if you're not humble, you're not... You're not going to make it past day one. Because on day one, you're probably going to actually die. Yeah. You're probably going to actually die for at least... A minute or so and your spirit's definitely gonna die
0: you know what uh i was listening to a joe rogan podcast i think he was i think he had some some kind of military guy on there and they were talking about it and it's kind of like joining the navy seals right it's like if you get in there and you're like yeah i can't wait to get in here i want to destroy everybody no you're not yeah like it's not about it's not about destroying everybody it's about conquering yourself
1: it's about being ready to suffer immensely yeah and just you know be thrown in an absolute shark pool
0: I'm I've never had anything like that man um that I think of that I can think of like to a point where you know actually I I have it's not it's going to sound like a like I'm a, a pussy, right? Because I'm comparing the two, but my first time doing stand up, I bombed so fucking hard. And in my brain, I thought that I was going to go up there and kill. Like I thought I was going to be like the next Dave Chappelle. Like my first time and it wasn't the it wasn't the case.
1: That's what makes um stand up have such a strong potential for cringe. Yeah. Because everyone goes up there being like, dude, my whole family thinks these jokes are hilarious. <laughs> like, all of my friends laugh. Yeah. I'm just going to kill it. And then you get to people who are complete strangers, and it means nothing to
0: them. Yeah, they they don't know who you are. Like, no. They don't understand.
1: Because, like, the vibe isn't there. Right. The vibe of being friends isn't there. Yeah. And so, it's like, for all intents and purposes, they hate you. When you walk out, they hate you. Because... They're like, oh, this dude's gonna be so freaking cringe. I mean, I um, like I said, I wanted to be a comedian for a second there because I was like, well, I might as well, you know, play my strengths. But um, I'm just, I'm not much of a stand-up comedy fan. And I mean, no offense to you as as someone who's trying to get in stand-up. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to attack comedy, but it's like. I think I understand the struggle because it's like in the age where everyone's always trying to be funny. Every joke has pretty much already been made. Mm-hmm. You got to put in so much work to, you know, create even a slightly original joke. That's got to be a nightmare. Yeah. Cause you know, not only do you have to have the material, but you have to have the delivery as well to be able to make it funny to people that or you know don't know anything about the situation and it's um i don't know something about jokes just doesn't i don't know i told you i have a i have a personal code against laughing and i think that's just because my my sense of humor has been so burnt out that nothing is actually that funny
0: you know what, man? Now Unless what it's say, really, really stupid. <laughs> you know what? Now that you say that, it's I can't. I don't remember you laughing much. I remember you doing silly-ass shit all the time. Oh, dude,
1: with Tyrone?
0: Oh, my God, dude. With Tyrone? I want to get him on this podcast so bad. Good luck with that. I don't even. Like, I'll message him, and he won't read it for, like, two weeks. And I'm just like, dude, I messaged you, like, a month ago.
1: He's an enigma. He's, He's a weird like guy.
0: He's, in, 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 incognito. <laughs> Yeah, but he's doing I don't this, blame him. I don't blame him at all, man. I mean, he's doing this thing.
1: But I think being friends with him, I think was the last time I, I really remember laughing like hard. Yeah, just really, really laughing. I think he's the only person that ever really made me do that. Like in person, mm-hmm. I used to find things funny, you know, hop on Cartoon Network and have like. Just like put on some adult swim. And have the most avant-garde just crazy shit just thrown in your face and as a kid it's super funny but I feel like the problem with stand-up comedy is that everybody has made all the good jokes and so most mainstream comedians have to really try to push the envelope and so they'll be telling jokes like oh man I got home the other day and I was like jacking off so hard Y'all ever just jack off like really hard? And then, you know, like my dog came in and I was like, yo, my dog's watching me jack off. And like, you know, the crowd's going wild and I'm like, what? How is this funny?
0: Well, the I'm thing, like, you're just being gross. The thing that I see the most, especially with stand up, is um, like a lot of big stand up comedians, like the ones with specials, right? They're not. They're telling their rated like p g thirteen jokes, like Tom Segura is a great example of this. I don't know if you know who he is, but
1: vaguely, I definitely know the name. I've probably never watched him though
0: he uh he is a guy, you know he I feel like every guy can just talk like locker room talk basically, yeah. But a lot of this shit doesn't sell like a lot of the shit that they want to say doesn't sell because the market or managers or the, who Netflix, HBO or whoever is picking up that the special doesn't want that attention. Um, But I feel like a lot of the shit, like I listen to a lot of their podcasts, like like Theo Vaughn is a funny guy. Oh,
1: dude, he's the funniest guy. If If you were to ask me. Who I think is, like, the most genuinely funny guy, it would be Theo Vaughn.
0: I think Theo Vaughn. I think that that whole crew, like Theo Vaughn, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, Tim Dillon, Andrew Schultz. They're all fucking hilarious, man. They're obviously... What about my guy? Your guy.
1: Chris? Chris Chris Delia?
0: Chris... Yeah, I, think I Chris, obviously like him a lot. I like Chris D'Elia. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah.
1: I've never heard it pronounced.
0: Chris yeah, yeah, I
1: follow him on TikTok. I don't ever see it.
0: Um. Yeah, I think he's funny too. I think that he had a really... He had like a, an off period just because there was shit going on. But he's a funny guy too. Uh, He's more Hollywood than any of the other guys. Yeah. Just because he's been in movies and TV shows and shit. But... Tim Dillon is my f- current favorite just because he can t- he can take a trending topic and make it into comedy. Like overnight. And it's so funny, man, when he sits and in- he sits there and he just talks. And it's so funny. Um obviously there's a great like Dave Chappelle, which they don't have podcasts or nothing. They just do specials and arenas and shit. But
1: I know I was really disappointed when I first tried watching Joe Rogan stand-up. Yeah. Because, you know, I loved him in Fear Factor as a kid. And he's an absolute icon um, of podcasting and of free speech. And of martial arts, too. A lot of people get into it because of Joe Rogan. You know, state taekwondo champion. And black belt jujitsu, and you know, really out there and telling people about it. So he's he's an icon in a frightening amount of ways, but I tried watching his stand up, and it it turned me into a cricket. <laughs> I was just I was chirping like crazy. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" I was like, "Where's where's the jokes?"
0: Yeah, what I feel like his podcast is funnier than his stand up. Oh yeah, I mean because it's it's. Could it be that it's not scripted? And that's what I was talking about. like The shit that they have to write at some point. Like the shit that he says on the podcast. There's no way it's going to make it on fucking Netflix.
1: I think that's what makes Theo Vaughn so funny. Yeah. Is he's just saying words. I mean, there's so much humor in chaos.
0: There's humor in his... Like, even where he's from, right? Like, he's just a funny fucking guy. And he's from the South. And he... Like I think that we can we can basically understand a lot of his lingo because we've heard it.
1: Oh yeah. You ever seen the one about uh church vans?
0: Church vans? Yeah. Oh, I go sense. back and I watch
1: that regularly. I mean, that was the the first couple times I listened to him talk about church vans. I was I was losing it. He broke me.
0: Did you listen to the one where you had uh your boy Bryce on there? Yes, yeah. and
1: that's actually how I became such a big Bryce fan. Really? Yes, because, you know, all my friends were friends with him, but I had never met him. I didn't know anything about him. I know he um, finished one of two twisters in UFC history, and I know he got the camel shorts. And so I, I realized that he was important, but I didn't really know anything about him. And then I saw that he was on Theo Vaughn, and I listened to it, and I was just... I was beside myself because I was like, this dude is the coolest dude in the world. I mean, just the stories he has, this dude is like an actual main character. (laughs) Everyone thinks they're the main character, but this dude's a real life main character. And if you like listen to his stories and you, you look at his life, you'll probably actually start to believe in the whole main character and NPC thing in real life.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: He's he's insane. And I, I had the pleasure of uh grappling with him. Yeah. Um a few days ago.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations.
1: And it's just it's kinda of terrifying because, you know, everyone likes to be like, Oh, if I were if I were in that cage I would just stand up. I would just not get hit. And they're, you know, like trying to sitting there trying to coach from their couch. Yeah. The fighters and If you ever get the chance to um, grapple with or spar with a UFC fighter, you will never... Unless you are also a high-level fighter, you will never be ready for what's about to happen. Yeah. Because it's astonishing. The amount of... Just the amount of control he had. He had mount on me, and I'm usually... Pretty decent amount escapes but I could not move let alone escape I couldn't budge at all and he was you know throwing fake shots the whole time and I was like if this were a real attack I would be dead yeah I'd be like I would be taking every single one of these and there's not a single thing I could even try to do about it yeah it's really something else these high-level guys
0: yeah, those guys train like there's no tomorrow, man. I mean, they take it. That's their religion. That's all they know. That's all they know, and they. That's what they want to do. Um, I
1: wish I could be half as committed to anything as much as they are to fighting.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful thing too, man. But um, do you want to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing? Because I know you got a.
1: I don't know anything about it. You know, okay. I know that I've you never got heard of it.
0: You got a little chubby when I was talking about it earlier.
1: Dude, I had I got into so many Facebook arguments about Kyle Rittenhouse. Really? Kyle Rittenhouse was probably the inciting incident that made me such an online extremist. <laughs> because, you know, I, I shared funny things and I kept my mouth shut. But then all of a sudden, you know, The Kenosha incident happens and my feed is just full of these people just shitting all over him. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not how it's going to go. I'm, I need to speak up about this. And so I probably, I probably went my whole time using Facebook, um, without getting into more than maybe a couple arguments. Cause I just don't like arguing online. It's such a waste of energy really. But I probably gotten like four or five arguments in one day after Kenosha Kyle because I just I just wasn't having it because I mean, I was watching, I was up to date with what was happening in Kenosha, and you know, they're not going to show you what was happening in Kenosha because people were being killed in the streets in Kenosha. It looked like a war zone. If you saw videos from people that were actually there it looked like an actual war zone because it pretty much was. And the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse had such massive iron balls to go there and be ready to fight for that place on its own is one of the most respectable things that I've ever seen in my life. Just that on its own. And the number one argument I saw, they were like, he shouldn't have been there. He went there looking for trouble. And I was like, everyone there that night was looking for trouble. No one needed to be there doing what they're doing, but they were. So what difference does it make if he wants to do something about it? All of a sudden, he's the one that's not supposed to be there? After the people are, you know, pulling people out of their cars and beating them and setting fire to local businesses you're going to decide that he's the one that should be there. It's not the case. No one should have been there that night. But they were. And there's nothing we can do about that. But the fact that he decided to stand up to the people that were there. Is just so respectable. It's incredible. You know what he did. And. Just that on it's own is really important. Because. It shows that you know not everybody. Has. Has folded. And it's really. It gives me hope for the younger generation as well. The fact that someone so young knew that he had to stand up against that kind of violence that was happening in Kenosha. It, you know, it fills me with hope. It really does. Because the fact that there's someone out there willing to jump in and fight against that means that there's definitely a lot more. There's a lot more potential Kyle Rittenhouse is out there. And to some people, that is a threat. That's like horrifying to a lot of people. But the type of people it's horrifying to, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't admit to being one of those people. I'm certainly not scared of Kyle Rittenhouse. I'd freaking I would love to hang out with that kid. He could be like armed to the teeth. And I'd I'd be like, Hell yeah, dude. But a lot of people if they even see A young man like that who has values and know what he needs to stand up for and you know God forbid is armed they'll shit their pants
0: yeah and that's the problem with a lot of people today man like I think that having firearms especially in a time like Kenosha where they were probably needed because it did look like an urban warfare It did look like a battle zone, and there was definite definite chaos going around. He wasn't there to fucking shoot people. Like, he was there to aid and assist, basically. Yeah. And help people that were wounded.
1: Oh, and those people... Those people that always say, oh, borders are just invisible lines. We're really worried about how he crossed state lines. Yeah. It's those same people.
0: It's the same. There's always... It's There's- like,
1: I'm going to break into your house because your door is just a plank of wood <laughs> and the threshold is just an imaginary line. Oh, yeah. oh, you want to abolish private property? I'm taking your TV. You're welcome.
0: Well, I think that we definitely need to um, defend ourselves and our our. The things that we own. Um, but I think A, like AR should be banned. Okay. What? No comment. This is what I want, man.
1: No, because you're messing with me.
0: I know. I want this.
1: What do you want? You want to get me riled up or what?
0: I want ARs to be banned, oh. man. Like, there's no good good deed uh, that ARs are doing. You're in right. The they're just
1: murder machines.
0: They're right. They you shoot. can't even use them for hunting. They shoot themselves. Yeah. They stand up. You'll
1: explode the deer They'll if they, you hunt with...
0: They stand up from wherever they're at. They walk to the door, open the door, swing it open, mm-hmm. and then leave and go...
1: That's what all the accessories are for.
0: Yeah. Ex- accessories are just perks. No,
1: accessories bring it sentience because you know if you had an AR without without rails, how could it ever have arms and legs? True. The rails are what you stick the arms and legs on so that they can walk around killing. And did you know that the the exit wound of 556 five, is the size of a moon crater? It's a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> Every. Every you know, five five six caliber cartridge, contains a small atomic weapon. And they don't want you to know that the gun companies they won't tell you that. Because they want to spread, destruction, and radiation cancer, because they're evil. That's the takeaway from all this. Um. Did you? Kyle hear- Rittenhouse is a is a. Domestic terrorist who carried out um, nuclear attacks on innocent protesters, period.
0: Yeah, and killed innocent people. Yeah. That meant no harm to him.
1: No harm to him or anybody.
0: Right. What did you think about the... uh, Did you hear about the lawsuit, um, the Sandy Hook victim's parents they won that lawsuit versus Remington. And my, like, my thought was like, what the fuck did Remington have to do with the fucking shooting? It's like, that's Trump-
1: one of those things where you can't, you can't really sit there and, you know, make sense of it. Cause it's just, it's so backwards. It's so backwards you can't.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alex Jones came out and, basically canceled himself on that one
1: who is Alex Jones
0: Alex Jones is uh, he's a heroic figure in a lot of uh, red wing propaganda um, like simpletons and he basically is an iconic figure for a lot of young white kids
1: sounds retarded Can I say that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No, Alex Jones. Don't even get me started. I love
0: Alex Jones, dude. I love him so much. I, I actually adore Alex Jones, and I wish that in his younger years he would have came out as a comedian because he wouldn't have got himself into the trouble that he's in today if he would have labeled himself as a comedian. I think it's important to label yourself as a comedian at first and just say crazy shit so people think you know you're kidding
1: no I don't agree because you know on paper what he was doing from the start was right you know exposing politicians you know showing up to their speeches and calling them out on what people should hear about and you know everyone wants to claim that he's super right wing but you know when he first started he was attacking Bush
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was attacking people who were definitely in the wrong.
1: He was. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if they did something wrong and they were, you know, deceiving the American people from a position of power, that's who he was going after. I don't know how. Well, I know exactly how he got his current reputation. It's I mean, it's just a really easy silencing technique of making someone a laughingstock. Yep. Because he is. A really funny guy unintentionally Um, and he does have a ridiculous way of conveying ideas and he has um, been involved in scandals but for the most part he's frighteningly correct about a lot of things and you know the kind of people everything is so backwards because the kind of people they tell us are full of shit are the ones we should be listening to. The ones they tell us listen to are full of shit, but you know, they, they take these, these talking points or these incidences and they, you know, they call it a conspiracy theory. They run it to the ground. They make it sound ridiculous. And then if anyone tries to talk about it, it shut down immediately. And it's, it's really genius. I mean, it's just basic psychology. You know, these people that are deciding who gets a platform and who doesn't are really smart people. And, you know, humans are extremely complex. But, you know, once you understand even the basics, we are really easy to influence and control. Extremely easy for anyone who actually knows anything about psychology, sociology, all that. So... I feel like they're trying to they're definitely trying to make Joe Rogan the next Alex Jones. Yeah. They're doing exactly the same thing they did to him to Rogan.
0: Yeah, and I think that I think that Joe Rogan knows exactly what's going on and I'm glad that Joe Rogan isn't going to fall to their knee to his knees for them, you know.
1: Dude, Ethan Klein Attacking Joe Rogan has been haunting me lately
0: is that the guy with the h3 h3 podcast? yeah yeah man i i'm not a i don't even watch that podcast for nobody one. does for one, that's why he's mad yeah for one man like if you're gonna say something serious, fucking say it if you're gonna say it in a comedic sense, you know say it in a comedic sense. You can't try to bash somebody and then make it so comical that it's obviously that it's obvious that you're upset at the situation. And he's really serious
1: and he admits to being upset. He literally admitted to being upset because Joe Rogan is not responding to him. He's like, he's not reacting to me at all.
0: Why would he?
1: It's like, it really gets to me. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, not letting stuff like that bother us. You know, if people have shit takes, but it really bothers me. Really? It really bothers me. Does it like shake
0: your core? Yes. Shiver your timbers?
1: Yes. Because, you know, Ethan made his fame by being, you know, fat, (laughs) a fat dorky loser, you know, talking about fupas and, you know, sticking his gut out and doing the the double chin. That was his whole claim to fame. And then he's going to say, that Joe Rogan is unhealthy because he eats meat and has used HGH. That's his argument. Yeah. He says this guy shouldn't be giving health advice. He smokes weed and eats meat. Meanwhile, he's over there, you know, fifteen years younger than than Joe, with like a gray beard, just looking in shambles.
0: Yeah, he looks like... And he's in all
1: seriousness going to attack him. And he's been attacking Jordan Peterson lately, even though...
0: Ethan has? Yes. yeah,
1: Ethan Klein has been attacking Jordan Peterson, despite the fact that they were friends at one point. He had Jordan Peterson on the podcast. And it was, you know, a normal, respectable thing. And they were like... They liked each other enough, but then all of a sudden, it's like there was this shift... And he's just started just shitting on Jordan Peterson. And it's just, it's so two-faced. And I mean, they had this whole thing where they had a big lawsuit and they were taking donations from their viewers. And they were having a really hard time. And so people were were donating. And uh, the people who donated got nothing in return. They took everything and bought a mansion. And so, you know, they took quite a hit to their popularity. So now they're resorting to attacking people like that. And it's pathetic. So I want on record to say, fuck Ethan Klein. If anyone listening even knows who that is.
0: I think there are a couple people listen to this that I know listen listen to that podcast. But I haven't. I've watched a couple clips. Um, I think the one with uh, Oliver Tree and a couple other ones. But yeah, man, Jordan Peterson is definitely like one of my favorite uh like figureheads as far as like media goes because he he knows what's going on, right? He's been talking about it for a really long time. And it's just like it's just like he's been saying like we're in such a soft time that we are literally creating problems for ourselves and we're literally it's like a cycle. We're going to create hard times again. We need them. Yeah, and we need them to grow.
1: I mean, that's how we even came to be what we are now. I mean, think about how much every generation, back to the dawn of time, think about how much they had to struggle just to bring you here. Think about that long line of nothing but struggle and obviously success. And I mean... It seems now we just want to spit in their faces for that. We don't really think about and we don't really value just how much it took for us to be here right now. Yeah. It was nothing but just... I mean, from like prehistory to now, I guess depending on your genetic haplogroup, it's been nothing but struggle. Because, I mean, that's just... Being part of the natural world, that's a basic um, requirement to exist. You know, you want to talk about the circle of life. Go out there and, you know, watch a coyote eat a, a baby cow out of its mother's womb. That's just how it is out there. And we used to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, walk outside get uh mauled by a bear which as i recall is your favorite animal yes um we were never exempt from that until recently and that's really taken a toll on us not having those same struggles i mean we have we still have the same struggles it's just that we're uh, being distracted from them I feel like that's another cliche thing to say as well. We're being distracted.
0: I mean, we create our own distractions, man. And like I was saying earlier, we should have some type of gratitude for the conditions we're in right now because it could all be gone in a glimpse of an eye.
1: Definitely. The least, the absolute least thing we could have, we should have is uh, gratitude. Yeah. I think we're lacking a lot of gratitude.
0: Yeah. Man, uh... I forgot what I was gonna say. What's your favorite type of food to eat? Do you, are you still eating uh, lunchables?
1: Lunchables. Yeah, I've never had a lunchable in my life. Really? I was always too poor.
0: I could have swore you used to eat lunchables. I might be thinking. I might be thinking of somebody else.
1: Oh no! I think I remember. Actually, that was that's a that's a what twenty years ago?
0: Jesus, dude! I don't know.
1: You're bringing back vague, like, you you kind of spark like a neuron in there. I think I know what you're talking about. No, uh, my diet is my whole personality. <laughs> because, you know, its it's the main thing I choose to worry about and spend my mental energy on is learning about nutrition. And that's been the case for a long time because I was a fat kid. And I always wanted to not be a fat kid. You know, I wasn't, like, obese, but, you know... I weigh about as much now as I did when I was like 12. So that's really saying something. I always hated my body immensely. I th- I, I thought I looked like a slug because <laughs> I did. I looked like a slug for a few years there, about 10 years old. But I decided to, you know, figure out everything. And, you know, that's actually quite a deep rabbit hole getting into nutrition because it's another one of those things you realize uh, we have bass awkwards entirely. It's kinda of like the things that they're pushing are the things to avoid and the th- things they're saying to avoid are the things you should be going after. Yeah. I mean it's it's plain as day. I mean the way I like to see it is <clears throat> I tried to uh avoid things that came along in the past hundred years or so because humans are very cool and very adaptive and so we can adapt over time to eating anything but when you're talking the things that we've brought into our diets recently that's that's too far we can't really adapt to that i mean we're eating machine solvents and waste products and i mean the fact that these um, completely man-made ingredients have been introduced Correlate perfectly with a sudden increase of, you know, previously practically unheard of diseases is, is not a coincidence. I mean, degenerative diseases, um, you know, heart diseases, metabolic diseases, inflammation. Yeah, definitely inflammation is a big one. Um, you know, vegetable oils attack the mitochondria similarly to cyanide. Because they go through... They oxidize. You know. Antioxidants are supposed to be good. And oxidization is bad. The oil oxidizes. So much in the process. That is used to make it. Because it's such an aggressive process. Taking large amounts of oil. From things that. Aren't really that oily. Or just tiny seeds. You know. It's heated. To the point of going rancid. Um usually several times, and then, you know, they, they, uh, perfume it to cover up the smell of it being rancid, and then, you know, we just, we practically drink it, and that's a, that's a really big one, and, you know, not to even mention just, um, environmental elements, um, practically destroying our endocrine systems. We're pretty much swimming in endocrine disruptors at all times. And the testosterone level of men has dropped 1% every year for the last 20 years. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the rise of plastic use and the decline of testosterone, it's a perfect X.
0: So that makes sense, man, because a lot of a lot of the food that we eat has tiny particles of plastic Mm -hmm. especially seafood and uh
1: oh dude if you want to get into seafood we can start talking about you know birth control in the water
0: i mean we can we can talk
1: about atrazine in the water turning the freaking frogs gay
0: (laughs) that is true
1: think about it i mean birth control is just it's pretty much estrogen pills and then women are pissing and it we drink it we just you know we're drinking estrogen piss
0: that's why i always tell women to pee outside yeah so like it's the frogs Bush. and not us yeah yeah or like ants or caterpillars and stuff yeah
1: i don't care if they turn gay
0: no i don't care either um one thing i mean we're kind of doing this to ourselves, man. And I don't think I want to have children in a world where we're basically destroying. And I love Elon Musk with a passion, but another like, I think that we should try to fix this before we try to leave it, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm not into the space travel thing at all. I'm a a real big earth guy.
0: We're just so far away from actual space travel, man, that I don't think it's going to be, it's possible. I I hope that it happens soon, but realistically it's not going to happen soon.
1: If there's somebody who's very passionate about space travel, there's really two things I have to say. It would be step one, touch grass. Step two, get some bitches. <laughs> Simple. Then you stop worrying about space travel. And it's not a problem anymore. True. I just solved so, so many problems. We can, we can stop funding space travel now. Because everyone's going to touch grass and get some bitches.
0: Man, I just, I want to, in the future, you know what I really want? Like, my end goal. When I'm like 50.
1: 50? Yeah, that's that's end goal. Is that when your liver is gonna give out?
0: That's when I find out that we're in a simulation and nothing matters.
1: Wait, so like you know it, you just haven't found it out yet. How yeah, does that work?
0: Well, I'm on. A, I'm, it's like a side quest, right? I have the podcast, I have stand up, I have. So a-
1: you know it now, but you have to make steps to discover it. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, slowly but surely. And that's when I find out that, you know, everything that I've been doing is for nothing because we're all going to turn into dust.
1: Where are the fish?
0: The fish? Yeah. What do you mean?
1: There's no fish in here.
0: Are you talking about the podcast name? hmm The podcast name uh, recently... Has been changed to Jesse's podcast.
1: That's understandable. That's a good move. (laughs) But you know, I... Where's the drowning fish, man?
0: So the drowning fish started a long time ago. Like middle school.
1: So the drowning fish has now deceased.
0: The drowning fish has... From
1: drowning for too long.
0: The drowning fish now is more of a... A drowning fish is basically... Like, a human drowning fish is basically somebody that is not in their element. Wait,
1: are they human or are they a fish?
0: It's a humanoid.
1: Humanoid fish.
0: It's a human cyclop.
1: Is this like um, a chimera? No, this it's a government-made chimera.
0: No, it's, uh, it's a DMT-derived humanoid.
1: Have you ever done DMT?
0: No, but I want to. I have. Really? Yes. Man, I... uh, it's...
1: I mean, uh, for legal purposes, I've never even seen DMT. I don't know what it <laughs> looks like. I don't know anyone that would ever sell it. And I've definitely never done it.
0: I want to... Uh, I want to try ayahuasca. Um, and I really want to go to, like, Peru and just...
1: Eat some Peruvian puff peppers.
0: Wait, is that from iCarly? Close. What's it from?
1: Drake and Josh.
0: Drake and Josh. I figured.
1: You're the only one to ever get that reference. I make that reference so often.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're the same age. I feel like we're kind of the same person.
1: We're definitely the same person.
0: Are you still a I told you I'm a figment of, of your imagination. It. Yep. Are you really? Yes. Am I going crazy? Think about...
1: This conversation that we've been having and really try to convince yourself it's two people
0: I can't now
1: I know you never will be able to you're gonna release this episode and you're gonna be getting calls like crazy people are gonna be concerned for your mental health there's gonna be a white van that's gonna pull up because this is like this is like Fight Club you've just been talking and then being quiet while I respond.
0: Right. Damn, that's crazy.
1: It's going to be a terrible episode and everyone's going to hate it. Hmm. They're going to be like, oh, he finally went off the rails. It was it was too much for him.
0: I don't think I'll ever go off the rails, man. If I ever get to a point where I just can't take it anymore, I'll just stop.
1: Thinking. Oh, yeah. We were talking about diet. Yeah. And there's actually something I have to say. I was getting at, um, you know, avoiding things that were invented in the last 100 years. Because, you know, for the past forever, I couldn't tell you how long uh, modern human has been along. I'm not that smart with dates, but I know that for the most part it's about 10,000 years. And so for 10,000 years, we didn't need to figure out what was good and bad. We had it figured out a long time ago. Yeah. Because we didn't like, we weren't just... Tossed onto the earth and then had to figure everything out. I mean, we evolved because of those things. We are the culmination of those things because we just developed alongside it the whole time. And if you want to know what's good or bad, you just have to look at what we've always done. And that applies to everything. So, you know, the Indo-Europeans, are you familiar with the Indo-Europeans?
0: Um so you're taking rape women and take villages?
1: At some point, yes, but not now.
0: We're too far into the future for this type of shit, right? What do you mean? Like we have way too many people on earth. Oh yeah. Like way too many people, man.
1: Well, I don't know about that. It's just We're too connected. We're overly connected. The bubble has gotten too big for our brains to handle. That's all. There's not actually that many. I mean, there's definitely a lot more than there ever has been. But, I mean, it's not like we're actually overcrowding. It's just that we're overreaching. Hmm. We're not like shoulder to shoulder or anything. But the things we're doing are just way beyond what we should be doing. But if you look back at the Indo-Europeans who originated in the Eurasian steppes and they are who we have to thank for our existence if we are, you know, white, Asian, European, Middle Eastern. Um, Because they branched out to create all of these civilizations and really a lot of our romantic languages can be traced back to Proto-Indo-European language. It stayed almost the same. Well, it stayed, you know, decipherable pretty much the whole time. You can trace the cognates of words back to Proto-Indo-European for the most part. But when we look at the bones or, like, the settlements the preserved um, footprints that they left behind like several thousand years ago, we know exactly what they ate. We can tell. We can look at, you know, um, their nutrient levels, the kind of animals they had around, the kind of uh, pottery they used, the kind of ashes that are left maybe. I think we can even look at their dookie. Like if their dookie was preserved, if I'm not mistaken, we can see what was in there. But for the most part, it was meat and dairy.
0: What was their average lifespan though?
1: Well, that's something that a lot of people like to bring up, you know, yeah, we could go back to that, but then we die at 30. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, The really simple answer is just that there was very high infant mortality rates that skewed the average number. So if you made it to, you know, teenager, young adult, you could make it to 80. But there was a lot of infant mortality because, I mean, babies are awfully sensitive. And without intensive hospital care, Um, childbirth is really risky. I mean, even with modern medicine, it's still pretty risky. And so all of the uh, babies dying at zero years old really throws off the average. But for the most part, I mean, just think about how robust and strong and healthy a completely untouched, uncivilized man would be. Just think of the absolute unit.
0: Okay, so compared, comparing them to, let's say, Jocko Willink in his prime. Jocko Willink
1: in his prime would be the weakest Indo-European man. think so? Yeah. Really? No, he'd be average. He'd be very average. I mean, like baseline.
0: Okay, so when we watch these movies, right, like 3,000, and we watch just crazy like when the roman empire was at its peak these guys have like a 10 pack they're chiseled they have were they really like that or i think that they were more on the lean side
1: well if you want to know that you can just look at uh modern uh uncontacted peoples because what i was saying about testosterone everyone says that you know your testosterone starts to plummet as you get older but if you look at um Um, these you know still primitive peoples the old old men still have the same levels like the 70 year old men will have the same levels as the 20 year old men it's just not naturally supposed to decline like that
0: I think it's just because they don't maybe they're not as involved as let's say a 60 or 70 year old average American man
1: could be But what I'm getting at here is um, the Indo-Europeans, they're responsible for a good chunk of who's here today. And the reason for that is meat and dairy. Because that's what was making them thrive and keeping them alive so that they could stand a chance against a really harsh world. I mean, humans are little pussies. We're so weak and the world is so harsh, but we made it happen because we had, you know... Tight-knit, well-nourished communities that, you know, had... They had the goals of exploration and the strength and willpower to carry it out. And, you know, in in the northern areas where there's practically no sun, do you realize how beneficial it was to have, you know, the vitamin D from milk? I mean, we wouldn't be around today if they didn't have... The cows around keeping them alive we should we should probably be worshipping cows,
0: but milk is bad now, right?
1: yeah, because you know it's pasteurized
0: pasteurized and it's gone through multiple multiple, multiple like just chemicals put in them and shit yeah. hormones,
1: and hormones. of course, going through the all the plastic tubing, which is again full of endocrine disruptors, phthalates. They're called.
0: What kind of milk do you drink?
1: I buy um, from this nice old lady um, about forty-five minutes away.
0: Really? Yeah. Mm. Is it uh, local cow milk?
1: Raw cow milk. I literally can look at the cows that it's coming from.
0: Oh my god! I bet it's delicious.
1: It's incredible. Mm. And I mean, it's like it cows kept us alive. For a really long time. I love cows. Do you like cows?
0: I like the way they look. Definitely. They're really like...
1: Because they're ruminant animals. They have, you know, the the multiple stomachs, which means that, you know, they really absorb their nutrients, which means when you eat them...
0: It's crazy because they only eat like grass and... Yeah. Basically... But like they can hair. draw
1: so much out of it that they can become, you know, in their death, the most nutrient-dense food for us.
0: Um, are you eating elk meat now? I wish. I wish. I want to go elk hunting. I don't... I mean...
1: I really like hunting in general. Unless oh. I don't get anything, then I hate it. This year I got nothing. Really? I was a charity case this year. People were giving me their deer. Because we would drive out to the blind... And we'd sit there for, you know, four hours and not see a single thing. We'd leave the blind, go back to deer camp, and we'd see like five herds on the side of the road. I'd be like, dude, I'm about to become a poacher right now. (laughs) It was so frustrating. But yeah, hunting is incredible. Everyone should go hunting at least once. Everyone should kill something.
0: Yeah. I remember the first time I ever killed anything. I was young. I was... uh. Do you remember that tree we used to hang out at? Where? At the trailer park. There was a weird tree that we used to hang out at and you could walk straight to the middle of it and you could climb it. It was like really weird. It had like strong vines.
1: I remember vines everywhere. Like in that in that area. Yeah. But no, I don't remember. I remember there was this big um clearing like you know everything was kind of in a circle and then there was that open little area that we would play in but I don't remember a tree
0: well uh, maybe
1: I never went over there
0: I can't remember if he did or not but I remember um, grabbing a frog and killing it
1: oh that's that's cold man
0: and I I wanted to see what it what it had ate so I tore it up, yeah. and I found flies inside. Mm-hmm. That's and really insects. cool. Insects, and I was like, "Whoa!"
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like amateur science. Yeah, because I, I remember the first time I saw something dead, it sticks with me. I, it was, it was just this bird that was uh, maybe about this big. It was on the ground and it had already been torn open, so I could already see inside of it. And I'll never forget that. It's the first time I saw something dead and saw it like it's entrails and it was, you know, that's just stuff that sticks with you because it's, it's one of those core memories yeah, of like understanding of mortality at the very least. But yeah, we, we like seeing the insides of things, don't we?
0: Yeah. We're weird. I don't know what that was. Sound like something was in my house.
1: Could be. Maybe it's a surprise guest. We don't or <laughs> maybe it's the ICE.
0: I didn't we didn't lock the door. It's fine. It is what it is, man.
1: I locked the car. That's all I care about.
0: That's fine. I, st- I don't care about your house. It's not my house. S- they could steal my VHS player. Really. Oh, you have a VHS player? Yeah, I have VHS. Oh, man. I have a Forrest Gump. And Ms. Doubtfire VHS. Can I live here? In this room? Yeah. Yeah. You can stay here. Nice. We'll set up camp. Do you smoke cigars? You know,
1: I have a funny relationship with cigars. Because I have a funny relationship with nicotine in general. And, you know, anyone who really, really knows me can tell you that I have a serious problem. But, you know, I don't like having a problem. And so I try to stay away from, you know, stuff like that. But I never do. And sometimes I'll reason with myself and I'll be like, okay, I'm obviously not going to go buy like a vape. I'm definitely not going to buy like a pack of cigarettes. But maybe I can just get a cigar. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Just like a one-use thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like cigars. I'll have a cigar. And then I hate it every time. Really, I hate it every time. And I keep trying to remember when I want one. I'm like, no, I won't like it. And I'm like, I like them. I like <laughs> cigars. I'll have a cigar. And then I hate it. But yep. every once in a while, I'll try to convince myself that I that I like them.
0: What do you hate about them? Is it the smell or the taste?
1: It's, they all taste the same to me. And for some reason in my brain, I associate... the the flavor to, like, as if I was smoking a gas station.
0: What the hell are you smoking, man? I can't
1: make it make sense. It's just kind of like, it's, I associate it kind of like with gasoline. Mm -hmm. a sort of gasoline sort of note to it, you know. It, it'll stick in my mouth for, like, two days. Like, I'll go to sleep, and I'll just wake up, and it's just, like, morning breath and and cigar flavor.
0: Do you get your cigars from like Wish or something?
1: No, um, I've gotten cigars from all over. I've gotten them from, you know, tobacco stores, uh, actual cigar stores. um, And they all are like the same to me. And, you know, it doesn't, it just, it, it takes too long. And it doesn't give me like, First of all, I want to inhale them, but that doesn't really work for me. It hurts.
0: Yeah, you're not supposed to inhale, so you But I
1: need to inhale them. I need to. I can't fight it. It's like every time I'll do it, and every time it hurts, and then I don't even get like a, a Nick rush, and so I'm like, well, there's no point hurting myself. I'm not going to like, you know, they're so low in nicotine, it just doesn't do it for me. So just all those elements together. I always hate them.
0: I like smoking a cigar when uh whenever I find out some good news or I'm celebrating something or when I'm just when I'm just, you know, in a mood of a cigar. Last time I smoked one was probably last year fall time. Really? Yeah. I probably only smoke like three or four per year. I'm not like an that like I don't just sit down and smoke a cigar every fucking day.
1: Yeah, I'm probably at like one or two a year yeah. with my little cycle I have.
0: Sometimes they're needed, man. I mean, sometimes you need some kind of relaxing like a lot of people turn to marijuana or drinking or Just random drugs. I don't know. Weed is for hippies. I used to think weed was really bad when I was younger. Like, really bad. And now I'm I'm not really against it anymore.
1: I don't like it, personally.
0: I am not uh, the biggest fan, but I'm not going to... Everyone
1: made it sound so cool.
0: It's not that cool. It's, uh... It's not... I know that whenever I smoke weed I can't really get a lot of shit done. Um, I'm best when I'm sober and I'm just like I can basically do anything when I'm sober.
1: Yeah. I really like being sober. I mean it's it's a whole different kind of feeling. Yeah. It's a lot more intense than any kind of high. And you know you you can be really you can be really in tune with everything or you can be like in a weird state where you like feel like you're high anyway. Um, and you can still have, you know, spiritual experiences, just not like, um, just not like going to the supermarket or anything, but everyone made it sound like it just took you to heaven. And then I remember the first time I tried it, and like every time I tried it, I would freak the fuck out. Really? Yeah.
0: A lot of people do freak out. I
1: I would freak out every time. That's weird. It is. You know, I used to have like panic attacks. Did you know that? No. I like to. I like to tell people that anxiety is not real. I mean, I like to say that about a lot of things. Um, I'm an an avid denier of a lot of things. Because I used to be just hopelessly anxious. Just constantly anxious. Panic attacks regularly. Really bad ones. I remember one time, I always like to tell people about how I had a panic attack that lasted like three days. I would just wake up, freak out go to sleep wake up freak out i was like i can't take this anymore and i went to the er about it they gave me an allergy pill and that was it they asked if i wanted to go to a mental hospital i was like maybe no not really um but i fixed it how well i was um I was just living in a way that was just not right I feel like you know guilt and anxiety are great compasses for what you should be doing or what's right and wrong I feel like people live a life that's so far removed from what's right and you know there's something inside of you that realizes it and that's when you become anxious for seemingly no reason because something is wrong and usually a lot of things are wrong and if you can have you know enough introspection to realize What's affecting you in that way? Then have enough willpower to, you know, fix the problems. It's, I would say an easy fix. If you have those things. If you don't, I mean, it's a real problem. It's debilitating. But if, I just need people to know there's always a way out. You can always fix it. It's just not easy at all. But I pretty much decimated my anxiety. And it had a real hold on me, but... I decided to, you know, first of all, I moved out on my own. I got away from my parents. And um, then I started really looking at my life and what needed to be worked on. And, you know, soon enough, I had uh, pretty much figured it out. I feel like, though, if you if you think you figured everything out, you'll kind of like graduate to a new level where you realize you have nothing figured out yeah. uh, all over again you kind of like level up in the way that you level down. You know what I mean? It kind of just starts over once you fix a certain set of problems. But I think these are, um, they're real problems, but we should, uh, we don't have to let them be.
0: Yeah. I've said that in the past, man. It's crazy that you say that because our, I think I really do believe that our body has a way of telling us when something is wrong. um, and I have, too, also have had anxiety, depression, and all that good shit that every human has. Every human is capable of being anxious or depressed or sad. And these are just emotions. Yeah. Um, But you kind of have to kind of... You don't kind of. You have to kind of find the shit that you have to work out. Yeah. And uh, It's your responsibility. It is your responsibility, and it's... If you don't fix it, and you know that something's not good for you, if it's a relationship, if it's your job, if it's if it's if it's you, if it's your daily habits, then you de- definitely have to fix them.
1: Yeah, I always tell people it's not real. I say it about, I say it about depression too, but that's going a little far because there is clinical depression.
0: Yeah, I think there is. There definitely is clinical depression, and I think that some people. Might not ever in their lifetime fix their problems or fix, you know, uh, their mental state and, uh, it sucks. It sucks for those people.
1: Well, what I say is I say, um, that they're not real because they're not a real problem. They're a symptom of a problem. That's why, you know, you can't put too much weight on them. That's why you can't just go to a doctor and get some pills about it because it's trying to tell you something. Yeah. It's not the base problem, but it's trying to point you towards the base problem. Yep. They should be, you know, like check engine lights. They shouldn't be treated, you know, in isolation. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean when I say that they're not real.
0: That's crazy, man. That's exactly what I, what I thought. Are you sure? Are you like in my head?
1: Yes, I am your head. I'm the I'm the left part of your brain. What, what you have split. You split where down you the middle. have
0: been this whole time, man. Here and there. You just been working basically.
1: What do you mean like since we last?
0: Yeah, I like, guess since we last saw each other.
1: When even is the last time we saw each other?
0: I can't remember. Cause High school.
1: I'll see you but I'm working. Right. So it doesn't really count. Uh, also, you're really weird when I run into you.
0: I try to be. Yeah, you're not... I do not, that on purpose. You're not
1: really receptive to conversation when I run into you. Um, it has to be a crazy long time ago.
0: Man, I love making people feel awkward. I don't think you understand the joy that I... Like the rush. It's I like understand.
1: It's really nice.
0: It's like... They're like, holy shit, like...
1: But it's like I always worry people are gonna do it to me. I worry people are gonna do it to me because I do it to other people.
0: It's funny when you when it gets done to you because you realize like, oh, he's just fucking with me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, because you deserve it.
0: A lot of to, a lot of people have done that to me. Feels
1: nice to get something you deserve. Yeah. Good or bad.
0: Yeah. There's been times where I've like just been minding my business, and here comes Jesse around the corner. Like, that's
1: awful, I'm so sorry
0: and I'm like, oh my God, like, it's always a corner. I'm always
1: around speak. a corner somewhere. if a corner exists, you're there there's a huge chance that I'm around it. I scare people a lot because you know you know how many people such clever, hilarious people tell me that they need to put a bell on me a lot. A lot of people say that to me Any anytime i I walk up to anywhere that has other people they're going to be like oh you scared the shit out of me and i'm like
0: you were just okay. walking yeah you're just they're like there. where did
1: you come from i'm like over there i walked from there to here but every, they freak out about it
0: yeah every time that i do that to people that happens to me too when i do that to people i know it
1: happens to you too we are the same person
0: when it when it happens what happens to us when it happens to us i'm just like what are you talking about like i've been here this whole time yeah
1: i literally just put one foot in front of the other repeatedly until i you know, you got to from my there. Yeah,
0: that's crazy, man. Have you got any uh, video games or um, movies or TV shows that you've gotten into recently? Um, give me that list again. Video games, movies, or TV shows. Um, not so
1: much, but there is a couple things that I'm really excited for. I'm really excited for the new God of War game. I've been trying to keep up with that, you know, see if we're going to get a uh, an actual release date sometime soon. And I'm also really excited about this movie called The Northman coming out in April. And it's really rare for me to get excited about new things like when it comes to media because, you know, everything is you know derailed and becomes so watered down. And so political that I almost never enjoy new things. But those two things I'm like actually excited for, and it's really kind of weird to be excited for like a movie or something like that. But yeah, The Northman looks great. You should watch the trailer.
0: Okay, I'll watch it.
1: I mean, do you like like Vikings at all? Because I'm not a big Viking guy, but you know, I'm I'm a big like ancient history guy. Dude,
0: are you fucking with me right now? No. Dude, I was going to say something about Vikings earlier.
1: I think Vikings are overdone, but this movie looks like it's really going to do some justice to that kind of, um, you know.
0: Vikings don't get the credit they deserve.
1: I think they get more credit than a lot of other similar cultures at the time. Like the Anglo-Saxons. Or, um, I mean, everybody was so cool around that time, like Middle Ages. You had to be. Everyone was like.
0: You had to be tough or you were going to get speared.
1: Things were really picking up around that time, the Middle Ages. Yeah. Things got really wacky.
0: I couldn't survive. Not in my current state. I'd be like, uh, I don't know, like a berry picker or something.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't survive. (laughs) I know that.
0: If you would go back to any time era, what would it be?
1: Caveman time. Really? Caveman time. I want to beat someone with a femur (laughs) that I I just ate off an animal that I killed with my bare hands and a rock.
0: I want to grab his skull and crush somebody's skull with it. Yeah. Yeah. If I could go back in time, I'd probably go back to, like, slave days. Um... and probably i want to see what they would like how they would treat me because you obviously black people were treated horribly given the time but what would happen to me like you don't see that very often in movies like yeah. what, what happened to Mexicans at that time i guess mexico was a was a decent country back then and they didn't really You know what I
1: wonder about Mexicans? What? Why are they not acknowledged as Native Americans? There's no difference between American Indians and Mexicans before, you know, Britain took one and then, like, Spain took the other. Yeah. And then the French took Canada. Before that, there's no difference. They're all Native Americans, but everyone uh, is like, oh, all the Native Americans are dead. And I'm like, dude, have you ever met a Mexican?
0: No, they're not all dead. They're just different types of uh, Native Americans. There's like Aztec and um, Mayans. But there's like, just like you got your, I guess you could say like Cherokees and stuff like that up here. I mean,
1: they were all different, but I mean, at the end of the day, originally Mexicans uh, were Native Americans. Yeah. I mean, it was all North America.
0: It was all North America, yeah.
1: But nobody, like, looks at it that way. Now that there's been borders defined.
0: I don't know, man. At some point, we lost, or, like, the tradition was lost. I
1: mean, you could call yourself an indigenous people. You personally could.
0: You think that I could get into school for free?
1: Yeah. Go to Harvard, bro.
0: Think so? Yeah, go to Harvard. Think I can get in there? Yeah. For free?
1: Yeah. Just say that um your ancestors were subjugated and you're sad about it. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Please come on in.
0: That's the funniest shit I've heard all day. That's so funny, dude. Y- yeah, you are funny, man. That might,
1: thinking back, that might ruffle some feathers. How? saying what I just said. I don't know. Feathers don't feathers are easily ruffled.
0: Nowadays, yeah, man, but I think that like I was saying, dude, no one's going to stumble across this podcast and be like, "Oh, look at this, an educational podcast."
1: It's definitely I should start an educational podcast.
0: Educational podcasts are really boring. They're not boring. They're they're Boredom inducing. They're borderline. Boring. Not boring. Damn, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Boring. They're borderline boring.
1: Dude, I could could like really care about the topic, but as soon as they start talking, I stop listening.
0: You know. That could just be me. There's a fucking documentary that I wanted to watch yesterday, but I ended up watching something else. It's on Netflix. It's about the uh, Boeing company, the airplane company. I guess they were, like, in some kind of financial crisis. But I'm going to watch it today.
1: I don't know anything about airplanes.
0: Dude, I love airplanes.
1: They, like... um They, uh... Do airplanes flap, or do they glide? Do they flap their wings?
0: Uh, airplanes normally flap, but there's, uh... I thought so. Normally, they're trying to make airplanes, um... Like penguins now where they glide on ice.
1: Okay. Is that like a like a fuel efficiency thing?
0: It's like a speed thing. Like you can get quicker. I don't know if you've seen a penguin glide on ice, but they're so fast.
1: No, I've never seen a penguin at all.
0: Really? Yeah. Mm. Okay. You got some experiencing to do, man.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'll add that to my bucket list. Penguins. penguins. You know what's at the top of my bucket list? What? Ride a horse. I want to ride a horse so bad. I don't think bad. I've
0: ever rode a horse. I've been around horses and touched horses, but I've never rode a horse. I want to, too, man. I want to I want to ride horses.
1: We should go ride horses together.
0: We should go hunting like together. Like the same
1: horse together.
0: Can I be in the back?
1: We can switch Okay. at some point. We can, like, take turns. That's fair. I think so.
0: That's fair, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not trying to be a socialist or anything, but we can make it work.
0: Um. Did you go to preschool or Head Start? No. In, uh, no? No. Okay. I remember when I was in Head Start, There, we had the tricycles, right? And we had the little red ones, like the classic ones, you know? Like
1: Radio Flyer?
0: Yeah. With the? They were just the classic ones, the red ones. And then there were the ones with the big rubber tires. And I always wanted those. I don't know why. Like The the handling was better. Everything was better about those. And I remember we had to run to the shed to go grab them. We only had a few. But there was more of the classic ones than there was the ones with the big rubber tire. And I remember I ran to go grab one. But this fucking kid beat me to it. So I started crying and I went in the and the teacher was like, why are you crying? And I was like, I wanted that big tricycle. That sounds like you. I can see this happening. And, uh, sorry, I got a scratch. And there was, and dude, the teacher made some kid give me, give me their tricycle.
1: I was just reading something about that the other day, how you shouldn't force kids to share. Cause it, it affects both of them negatively. It shows, you know, the first one that, you know, they can be forced to give, give up whatever they're using, uh, and that their needs aren't as important. And then the one that's being given to is learning that they can, you know, push people around like that.
0: Yeah. 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 And now I think that's why I just take people like I just take their shit now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's free. There's not a price tag. Yeah. If they don't list a price, it's kind of like at the store, if it doesn't have a barcode, it's free. Like,
0: Really? Is that a thing?
1: Where's the price tag on any of this?
0: Uh, There's a QR code on a couple of these items here.
1: What's stopping me from, from taking any of this right now? <laughs> I have those same gloves. Those boxing gloves. Yeah. I have that same exact pair. I really like them.
0: Yeah, they're good. They're cozy. Yeah. Um, you get yours here locally?
1: I think so. I think so.
0: Do you wrap your wrist? I don't. No. No. Yeah, I, I've never wrapped my... I've wrapped my fingers.
1: I do have wraps. But it's so complicated. It is. You know, I'm never doing anything so crazy that I need
0: wraps. I used to hit the punching bag all the time. And my fucking fingers would bleed. Mine just like, sits there. Really?
1: I never use mine. I thought yes. about selling it.
0: We should... We should... Dude, we should uh, go to the park and have a match. The park? Yeah. I have a yard. Okay.
1: Just come to my yard. Let's go to your backyard. I actually don't want to. You're bigger than me.
0: But you're stronger than me.
1: I'm not stronger than you.
0: I don't know, man. You look pretty fucking strong.
1: I look strong, I know. Uh, Dude, that's bullshit, dude. It's deceptive. I
0: see you in your fucking videos deadlifting 400 pounds.
1: It's only 315.
0: That's a lot of weight. No, it's not. That's more than I weigh.
1: Some people can bench that. Yeah. and I can barely pick it up at all. haven't even hit two plate bench yet dude
0: really really what was your when i stopped working out that was my max was 225
1: yeah i mean that's like that's like that uh beginner to intermediate milestone and i still haven't hit it i'm like 200 205 right now you know
0: now now that uh i think that right now and i've said this so many fucking times i just need to stop being lazy and actually go I feel good, in a sense of, like my, like. I think that if I were to get in shape, I'd be in way better shape than when I stopped going. It oh was, yeah. Once so you'd I got catch up shape fast, just because. Um, like I've been in shape. I've I've been in really really. Yeah, you were in football, shape. and. Even after school, like I kept up, and I just kept going and kept going. But I feel like if I were to lose all this fat, I'd be a menace to society.
1: Oh, dude, I am way overdue for a good cut.
0: Really? Yeah. You're bulking right now?
1: Yeah. For all intents and purposes, I'm just trying to get my numbers up, my strength numbers. See, my lips.
0: Th- there was a point in time where. I was bulking and that's when I hit my peak, like my peak max. Yeah.
1: I've got to have extra weight on me to push any kind of weight. As soon as I'm like even a little bit lean, my lifts just like are cutting like a quarter.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I know exactly what you mean. And also, I don't know about you, but for me, when I was heavy, I used to get tired easily. I don't know if it was the foods I was eating or what like I was eating a lot a lot of red meat a lot of chicken and uh and then I got lean like I, I was running a lot eating a little bit less eating healthier carbs and then uh I felt like like my balance and equilibrium everything felt perfect and yeah. I don't know if there's a ba- I don't know if like our bodies, I'm sure there's like a perfect weight It could we have to be.
1: Yeah, there's usually an ideal percentage. I mean, that gets back into testosterone. So it could have been your testosterone levels because body fat contains uh, aromatase, which converts uh, testosterone into estrogen. And, you know, a lot of these like PEDs that people would, will take, like when they're cutting, are really, really strong aromatase inhibitors. And that's typically how they, um, you know, will cut the fat and keep the dry tissue um, if they're enhanced. But um, the more body fat you have, the less free testosterone you're going to have. And then once you start to lean down, you have less aromatase. And so it goes up. But then if you get too low, it'll go down again. So there is a perfect percentage. Uh, People say it's around like 12 to 15%. I know when I was, like, shredded, like, to the bone, like, diced to the socks, I felt awful. Yeah. I was, I felt starving all the time. Every one of my joints hurt, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, cold. I just felt really bad, and I didn't even do it for a reason. I just did it for fun. Never doing it again. Yeah. I looked sick. Everyone tells me I looked sick, like a cancer patient or something. Everyone tells me I looked awful And I'm like yeah But I had freaking A six pack for the first time in my life I had veins on my abs Abs on my veins It was incredible I'm I'm satisfied that I did that at least once Yeah But it's not ideal It's not healthy
0: I don't know how these like Bodybuilders do it man Like they Drugs They bulk Is it always drugs? Like always all of them? At
1: the high level at any kind of competitive level, yes. 100%.
0: Would you ever consider taking drugs to maximize performance?
1: Maybe at a certain age. Maybe like 45, 50. That's probably when I would consider it, but definitely not right now. Right now I'm obsessed with um trying to like biohack and figure out how to be optimal naturally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're looking at competitive bodybuilders, competitive weightlifters, competitive strongmen, or even actors under contract, it's always steroids. And that's not me being a, you know, a hater. I'm not being a hater. I mean, I don't care. Um, You know, if you want to compete at that level, it's just what you got to do. You know, if you want to get that movie role to get that, millions of dollars and fame under a contract. That's what you got to do. But a lot of people don't realize that. Well, people are starting to wake up to it mainly because PewDiePie made a video about it. And I've been telling people not to fall for, you know, fake naturals in any kind of industry. Because if they're in the industry, then they're not natural. Uh, 99 times out of 100. But PewDiePie released that video which I still haven't gotten around to watching but I had a friend of mine who's a big fan. Um. He, he messaged me after and he was like, dude, is this really true? And I'm like, yeah, 100%. And it just, I think I ruined his life.
0: Jesus. <laughs> I, I think it killed his dreams. Yeah. Did he want to be a bodybuilder? Oh, no. Just athletic.
1: No, he's he's just big into you know the Marvel stuff. Oh, okay. so he found out that all of his his Marvel heroes were, you know, lying to him
0: o- on enhancers. Yeah, I mean all those
1: Marvel people. I mean, look at Kumail Nanjiani in uh, what is it Eternals?
0: I mean, look at uh, Ben Affleck when he played Batman.
1: That's actually one of the least crazy ones, I think. I mean... he was always a big guy.
0: He's always been a big guy, man. But I feel like with actors, your body can fluctuate. I find it easier, like for men especially, if you're healthy, you can fluctuate your weight. Yeah. Like, who's that fucking actor? Christian Bale? Christian Bale, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great, like... I've seen him scrawny, and I've seen him play fucking Dick Cheney. Yeah. Like, it's crazy the shit that he can do.
1: And Batman, not to mention, he looked really big in in Batman, the one where he was with when he was training with Liam Neeson. Yeah.
0: He looked big. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't wait to have my first movie role. What are you going to play? Um, I don't know.
1: You, are you going to take what's like what you can get or are you looking for something?
0: I'm probably going to... I'm probably going to take something, man. I'm not going to settle for whatever people give me.
1: You just haven't figured out what role you're looking for yet?
0: No, I'm definitely looking for a role that... Um, like... Like a Morgan Freeman type of role. I could see that. Like something that's going to be remembered forever. But I also don't want to be known as like that funny guy that just decided to be serious.
1: Oh, so you want serious role.
0: Well, I think I can fluctuate. I think that I can do funny shit and also do serious stuff. Mark. Mark Wahlberg does that a lot. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg's in some pretty funny... He's in TED, and then he does, like, fucking military movies.
1: And then he goes and uh, beats Vietnamese men's (laughs) eyes out.
0: There's nothing wrong with Very
1: diverse uh, career profile. I appreciate that. You know, he's my body goals.
0: And he's a rapper, ex-rapper.
1: I try not to take body goals from celebrities, but his physique in Pain and Gain... Yeah is my end goal because he looked awful. He looked really bad. Um, But, you know, that gives me hope because I'm like... Ju-
0: he looked a juice, didn't he?
1: No, he, not so much. And that's what makes me look up to that, that role is that it looks achievable because he looks like he's probably around 20% body fat in that role.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's always been a pretty athletic fit guy.
1: No, I mean, like, fat. He was fat in that role. I mean, when he was Marky Mark, he was, like, shredded. And then, in Pain and Gain, like, he just looks chubby. But you don't care because he looks big. Cause he has massive arms. And so I think, you know, if I'm destined to be at least a little bit fat, then I want to look like Fat Mark Wahlberg feel like if you if you look at it i feel like that's one of the few movie physiques that could actually be accomplished if you have you know decent sized genetics yeah because they say you know it's like a it's like a triangle there's like three options natural big lean and you can only pick two so you can be big and lean and not natural or you can be natural and big Natural and lean. Can't have all three.
0: I just want to be in a a better health, like
1: Forget about health. (laughs) Health is for wussies. I want to be a threat. Jesus, dude. I want to be imposing. I want to walk sideways through doors (laughs) and I wanna scare people.
0: You're not gonna be able to wipe your ass.
1: Exactly. I already don't. Nice. So now I'll have an excuse. So, I mean, it it works out perfectly in every way. I just want to walk into a room. I want people to see my bloodthirsty aura. And just just be covered in piss. Theirs and mine. I don't want to be healthy. I mean, of, of course I want to be healthy because I want, you know, optimal performance. Because I am an athlete. Everything I do is geared towards... Um, hormonal health, and athletic performance, really, at the end of the
0: day. I'm just after longevity, man.
1: Recovery. Recovery, too. I'm I'm really worried about recovery and just getting, you know, uh, adequate nutrients.
0: Yeah, I'm just worried about longevity. And uh, I just need to get in shape again. I'm tired of being a fat fuck.
1: I'm tired of you being a fat fuck as well.
0: God damn, that's the most honest response I've ever got in my life.
1: No, I don't feel that way. But you know, I know you want it, and I do want it for you, and I know it would be so easy.
0: I know, man. I need to. I'm gonna. Because you've go. got great genetics. I'm gonna go to uh, the gym today, actually.
1: And I've stalked your profile.
0: I'm actually on Instagram,
1: go. and you looked good. Think so? Yeah. You and David, man, you were killing it no. at Rhino, right? Yeah. We'll Can I say on. that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was is going that a to docs? Re- no, we'll be fine, man. The thing about this podcast is basically that you don't want to say anything that would come back and haunt you in twenty years when you're a politician.
1: All right, so delete this whole episode. Okay, just just stop it now and just get it off. Don't save it. But the thing, can you about, imagine if you did that? Uh, like on accident, just lost a whole episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah, I have done that. Really, not on purpose, but. Uh, there's been technical difficulties before. You can't
1: recreate like something like this. No. If you lose it, it's gone.
0: Yeah, the first there was a podcast I did with my buddy Cody Rowland and uh it just fucking like it stopped recording.
1: Oh yeah, I think I remember you saying something about audio issues on that. I one. was
0: so fucking pissed, dude. Like it was such a great conversation, and then I was like, "All right, man, just I guess you know we'll do it some other time." And then he came by and. It wasn't the same But It, it doesn't matter man I mean It was still a great conversation I don't know who it was I was listening I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan Like religiously mm-hmm. So I like quoting a lot of his shit And I don't want people to be like Oh he's just quoting Joe Rogan I'll tell you when I'm gonna quote Joe Rogan Yeah
1: I don't quote people because I have A terrible memory when it comes to that
0: Well I'm like sub-quoting Like he didn't say this specifically like word for word, but Mm -hmm. he, the meaning is still there.
1: Well, these guys, those guys do a really good job of, you know, opening pathways of thought. Yeah. And so they could say something and you could, you know, not so much regurgitate what they said, but come to the same conclusion by sort of tracing it back. They might say something and you'll think about it and then you'll put it all together and realize that they're a hundred percent correct. And then that becomes your own opinion because I mean, despite their help, you still reach that conclusion. So I think it's still your valid opinion if you you know wholeheartedly agree with them.
0: Oh yeah, I mean what he said was uh, it was splendid, it was beautiful, and he said the best conver- like the best podcast or the best conversations that could have been podcasts were never recorded. Oh yeah, like and I've had so many encounters like that with friends and family where it was probably like we were laughing or having a serious conversation and it was never recorded and some some shit like that's just not ever going to be recorded yeah but
1: i think most things shouldn't be recorded
0: yeah most things shouldn't be but like a, i'm
1: very private online i mean i know like i used to not be you know when i was like 17 I would have the longest Snapchat stories because I would just document everything I was doing. Mm -hmm. But now you'll never, ever see a personal post on my social medias. I'm not going to go and take pictures of something I'm doing. I'm just going to have a good time.
0: Yeah. I, I like a private, some privacy to my life, but I get to pick and choose what I post. Yeah. But for the
1: most part. I mean, some things you do just have to capture.
0: For the most part. I know that what I want out of my life. So I think that putting some stuff out there is beneficial to me.
1: I think it's really cool what you're doing. I think so. Uh, yeah. I definitely respect your grind with all this. I appreciate it. Cause that. everyone talks about it. They're like, Oh, I'm going to start a podcast. Me and my friends are so funny. I'm just going to sit around and talk and go viral. <laughs> uh, everyone wants to, you know, create, but they're not actually gonna, you know, put in the work. Yeah. But, you know, I've been I've been following this, this thing that you've been doing. And, you know, I've always had a lot of respect for what you're doing. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think you're doing a great job.
0: I appreciate that. It's always been a... And I'm not just, just
1: saying that because you let me come on. I really mean it.
0: Well, I wanted you to come on for yeah. a while. Because I've always, like... I see your post, like your story, and I'm like, dude, this dude is such a genius.
1: I don't know about genius. He's...
0: I just, uh, You're just a funny guy, man. I'm entitled to my opinion. Everyone's
1: like, oh, I don't want to have an opinion. I don't really, you know, want to take sides. I don't want to offend anybody. And I say, fuck that. I think if it was kind of like a switch. I was never, I was one of those people that didn't want to, you know, be too brash or have strong opinions. But 2020 just really turned all that around. Because it just, it was really a slap in the face for a lot of people that didn't feel any kind of way. Or even people that were feeling good about everything. That year was a real slap in the face. And it was a real wake up call for the fact that there are a lot of things that are seriously wrong going on. And you know, it's its okay to care about it.
0: Yeah,
1: It's okay to call it out and want to have something different. You don't have to take it. I mean, we're going to keep taking it. Nobody's going to do anything about it, but I feel like it's my um, civic duty to call these things out. Because I really care. I care a lot about the world that I live in. I care a lot about the people in it. And I just love, I love that I got the chance to be here. Um, and you know, if something's wrong, I'm going to say that it's wrong. Because I actually give a shit. In general. I'm a very shit-giving person.
0: Yeah, that's, respect. that's respectable. I'm glad that people like you are still around.
1: Well, people all the time are like, well, what does it matter? It's not your business. Don't worry about it. There's other things to worry about. But I just, I don't think that's the case at all.
0: I mean, it's not... Who's to say it will never be your business, right? Like
1: no man's an island. It's always my business at some point along the line.
0: Well, at some point, like one day it might be your, it might actually be your opinion that sways either answer A or answer B, you know? Mm -hmm. So you never know, man. And, and I, 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 like longevity is always my end goal on anything that I do. So whenever there is an answer to be or a question to be answered I tr- I really do try to think about it even though I like I like to think of myself as a comically person like somebody that like for myself what the fuck does it matter? Yeah. But for the public well, I'm always thinking in their terms as what's the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like everybody's got all these problems and uh, they can be solved, but not if we're convincing ourselves that it's not important. Cool. Epic. You know, somebody explained uh, a saying to me that I've heard a million times. and I never understood, but... It pretty much just means exactly what we were saying. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Means that it's always our business, no matter who it is. It's pretty much the same as no man's an island. Because it always affects us somewhere along the line.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because we're so, you know, we're so interconnected. You know, what happens behind closed doors, you know, doesn't stay in Vegas. It just doesn't.
0: I think Jordan Peterson talked about that once. And I had, a uh, I had done something. I think it's crazy when shit like that happens because I had done something um, that goes against my values and just my morals and shit. Um, and he, he was like anything kept in a darkness eventually comes to light. And he was like, it may not be tomorrow or next year, but eventually everything will come to light. Yeah. And he was like, you can't, you can't scratch the fabric of life. And I don't know exactly how he said it, but I'll try to find it and send it to you. It was such a, like the way that he explained things is beautiful. And it really made me sit there and think about the horrible act that I had committed.
1: Yeah. You know, I think what happens is people are driven to, do things that go against their values to the point where instead of realizing that they're going against their values, they just get sick of the guilt. And so that's when normalizing things comes in. Yeah. They're sick of feeling the guilt about it. So they want it to be okay instead of just not doing it.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: That's one of the biggest problems I'm seeing is people want to, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is social constructs. People want to say something is a social construct. I'm like, yeah, you're standing here in front of me in a society, in a city, in a state, in a country, speaking language to me. I'm like, you know, if you want, like just the fact that you're using language to disavow social constructs, you know, how about you start dismantling social constructs by shutting the fuck up? Just stop talking to me because conversations are a social construct. People want to oversimplify everything to discredit it. You know, they want to break everything down, but not everything needs to be broken down. Yeah. Not everything needs an answer. Some things are just the case. And whether, you, whether or not you agree with them, they're still going to be the case. So you can stress out about trying to, you know, break it down or try to understand or try to fight it. Or you can just, you know, be sensible. Just accept it. Because it's the truth. I think everything has gotten too um, subjective. I think we've lost sight of uh, objectivity. Because I think there are objective truths.
0: Damn, dude. You need to be a psychologist.
1: Absolutely not. You know, psychology majors have the highest rate of suicide.
0: Really? I thought it it was a dentist.
1: They might be tied.
0: I thought it was always comedians, too.
1: I don't think that's a college major.
0: Right. Right.
1: I'm just talking about college students. Uh, The psychology majors have the highest rate of suicide. That's what I've heard. I don't actually know the numbers on that.
0: Uh, But... The majority of college majors who go into a psychology or some kind of like clinical, s- clinical psychologist. They're going for themselves. Right? The majority of them don't come from a bad place. They don't come from poverty or a one parent household. They normally come from a place where, you know, everything was fine and dandy. So for them, in or, for them in order to understand other humans, they really have to open up their mind and become basically a blank canvas so that their, this is my opinion, so that their patients can tell them everything so that they can come to terms on what's going on.
1: I always thought it was the exact opposite. Really? Yeah, I've always seen it as people who decide to go be psychologists have serious issues and they're really doing it to try to solve their own issues and, you know, be the kind of help that they wish they had. That's been my experience anyway. Everyone who goes to be a psychologist has like serious issues Um, and they should probably just go see one instead of be one.
0: Right. Because how are you going? Then Jordan Peterson talks about this. Like you have to, you have to make your bed, you have to clean your house before you try and fix the world. Yeah. I mean that is 110 percent you can't skip steps yeah you can't you can't skip steps and you have to take care of your shit first before you go and help other people um and i'm just like
1: and these are great metaphors because they work on every level oh yeah for sure every single level you know sometimes you have to to understand the really big things going on the big scope you really have to break it down to you know personal things for people that's something i like to do i really like metaphors
0: I enjoy them. I enjoy them when they make me think literally all day. You ever had just something that's told to you and you're like, you, it's on your brain. You just have to sit down
1: and think about it. You just really have to run it through your brain. Yeah. It's like, it it strikes you and you're like, this is obviously important. It's kind of like a light bulb goes off, except you don't really get it yet.
0: It could be a life changing experience.
1: It's just like you get a mental notification that, that this is very important and you need to figure it out and take it to heart. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, for the most part, anybody that is either a therapist, psychology, psychology major, like I've only known a handful of people, but they're all pretty much well off. I've never met a lunatic that has decided to become a psychologist.
1: Yeah, typically lunatics just decide to do podcasts.
0: Podcasting, stand up.
1: You know, I'm glad I'm glad we didn't do video on this one cuz people would probably think I'm like withdrawing from crack. What? I've just been I don't think I've stopped moving at any point.
0: You know what, man, uh Let's try to let's try to end the podcast soon. Yeah, because I gotta tell you something. Oh, this off sounds air. serious.
1: You just got really serious all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you off air. Um, what do you like? You want to wrap it up soon, or do you want to keep going?
1: We can wrap it up. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, it's been a great what two hours almost three. Damn three.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been kind of keeping an eye on it, and my phone's been. Going off like crazy pretty much the whole time. So I'm totally cool with wrapping up.
0: Okay. Well, we'll wrap up. Uh, Appreciate you coming on and I appreciate your kind words. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And uh, if I go missing after this podcast, it was Jesse.
1: No, if you go missing after this podcast, I will also be missing. (laughs) Remember?
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, We're the same.
1: If we go missing, it's because we killed ourselves.
0: Okay. (laughs) Ourselves. Yeah. There we go. All right, man. We're going to end it there. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Share this podcast if you enjoyed it. If not, um, I don't know. Stop listening, I guess. Bye.